Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. My reign of terror was legendary. Dozens of children would fall by my blades. Then the parents of Springwood came for me. Taking justice into their own hands. When I was alive, I might have been a little naughty. But after they killed me, I became something much, much worse. The stuff nightmares are made of. Children still feared me, and their fear gave me the power to invade their dreams. And that's when the fun really began. Until they figured out a way to forget about me, to erase me completely. Being dead wasn't a problem, but being forgotten—now that's a bitch. Come back if nobody remembers me! I can't come back if nobody's afraid! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dying times here. Did you find the other three episodes? No. Those are gone. Just fucking forget about them. Those are gone. No, I refuse. Those are gone, dude. What'd you lose? The John Cross episode? Yeah, we fucking lost the John Cross episode. Fuck! I wanted to see how I reacted to some of those questions. Yeah, we lost it. It's gone. Oh, it was hilarious. (laughs) It is.
I don't even uh, remember those questions. Oh, that was the one where we found the fucking Swedish guy that loves us. That's where I asked you to re- yeah. re- review yet again. Yeah, jo- John literally, he didn't go on a tirade, but he just he he just kept talking for like 40 minutes straight about it. Yeah, we lost that episode, but here's the new episode, episode 203. It's our second roundtable with everybody's drinking, Tim, Rodrigo, and Joe. The four heads of household. Uh, I feel like this needed to happen. I've been jumping on Rodrigo's ass about getting on the show again forever. Yeah. How you doing, Mr. Quast? I haven't heard from you in a long time. Yeah, I know. It's been a while. I'm packing my shit up and heading, uh, fixing to move back to Pennsylvania. Really? Yes. I thought I'd seen you post something like that, and I, I couldn't believe it, but... Yeah, Rich, Rich Dalzado is going to come down here, and he and I are going to drive me back on the 24th of June. Wow. Yeah. You should record that trip back and then sell it to National Lampoons. <laughs> I, I, you know what? You're not the first person that suggested that. So is he getting there maybe a day or two early to uh, do some carousing or anything like that? Fairly. He's, he's going to get here um, on Thursday night around 11 o'clock or so. Mm-hmm. I'm, putting, I'm putting him up in a hotel. Uh, we'll have some time, you know, I have to at least take him up and down Bourbon Street once. Right. Um, it's got to show your titties to people. Come on, man. Oh, people in this town have seen my titties so often. They're, <laughs> they're sick of seeing my titties. God damn it. What is it? Wednesday, Quast has his titties out on Bourbon Street already. Fuck. Yeah, I can't, I can't get so much as a single bead anymore. Now, yeah. did you do any, like, parading out there? Do you have, like, a feather costume that you get out there and, like, spin around and do some dances? Yeah, I put, I put like, the Mardi Gras colors on and, like, stupid hats and beads and crap like that. But I never really paraded with any of the, like, any of the groups down here. I have heard that you can go to the police station and just, uh, like, sign up for your own personal parade. And they give you your own personal parade. Well, not quite. You have to get a parade permit. You have to yeah, something some like that. Yeah, like that. But basically, if you want to, if you want to have a parade, you can have a parade if you're willing to pay for the uh, for the permits and whatnot. So, Tim, we need a parade, Tim. There you go, Tim. Come on down. Sure. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> we need a spooky space parade in New Orleans. You do if somebody farts into the wind down here, they they have a fucking parade. You know what I mean? It's like every day that I leave my house, I run into a goddamn parade. Well, fuck, it's old hat then. Well, I was gonna say so Pittsburgh like- is starting to do that too now. They're starting to do more and more parades, but usually like- it's usually it deals with gay pride, so it's cool. Gay pride parade. <laughs> do they get? Is Ben Roethlisberger the fucking? Gay Irish pride. Yeah, gay Irish pride. Yeah, it, literally, Kyle, within the past couple of years, it went from, like, they wouldn't even, Pittsburgh would not even recognize gay pride to now, during the spring and summer months, I swear the there's a gay pride. city of all now? Yeah, gay, pra- uh, gay pride parade, like, once a month, which is fine. But Watch I just laugh because everyone all of a sudden is like, yeah, this is cool, let's have it. <laughs> Do they throw candy at the gay pride parade? Because I bet they throw awesome fucking candy. I bet you get full, like, fucking Smarties. Full bars? You get, yeah, maybe candy bars. Those gay maybe people are like, eh, It's probably, like, bags of glitter and, like, scratch and sniff stickers. You <laughs> Even know. better. 
with my little ponies. <laughs> that's a whole different type of parade. I feel Trolls. like that's a... That's a scary parade. That's a, that's a Bryce Katzman parade. The throw trolls to put on your erasers. Yeah. That's because Bryce hates America. Yeah, he, he's a racist. He certainly does. Yes, fuck you, Bryce. But anyway, uh, it's our second round table. And, well, we'll just start with Joe. What have you been watching? Oh, man. Let's see. As always, I've watched a lot of, of television, but I have watched a couple of movies. But I always have to write this shit down. Uh, so let me let me open this list here. One of them... I know it was a uh, documentary that Tom Martino wanted me to watch, and really odd that he asked me to watch this. It's a is documentary. It also on bronies. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, it's it's on uh, uh, pedophilia in Hollywood. Mm. So it's, it's about called, Corey Feldman. He's in it. He does so speak. Not it. surprised. Do they talk about the movie Meatballs? Love that movie. They don't discuss. Is it Meatballs Five or Four? Meatballs Four. Let's get it correct, folks. <laughs> okay, yeah. Oh, that's that water skiing movie. That yes, yes, you got it right. Yeah, and uh, that's the one with no aliens. Therefore, they pointed out to Tim recently that Meatballs, the original Meatballs, is on the top ten Namblo must-watch list. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this uh, documentary, it's it's I don't know. Brian Singer is featured a bit in it. We were talking about him. That story just kind of fucking dried up and flew away. Yeah, and, well, that's the thing. That's the thing is that they talk about is, like, everybody knows about this shit happening, but as long as these guys are making money for people, they just kind of hush it up and sweep it under the carpet. And the few of them that have been convicted or whatever, I mean, they're kind of shunned. But these guys had, like, a big party house where they were, like, they had kids uh, that they, they would represent. They represent a shitload of kids, and in between, they were like grooming, grooming them to to be fucked by like all these producers or whatever. And it's it's some sick shit. It's not not anything pleasant, you know. Uh, pedophilia is not a a subject that sits well with me. So it's odd that Tom wants to talk about it on the show or whatever. I, I find that not odd at all. From that, he, yeah, <laughs> he wants to fucking laugh about it or something. I don't know. It's like uh, this is not funny shit you know but you know fuck you brian singer you know fuck your x-men or whatever which is another movie i avoided this weekend i was this close to going to see it today but i fell asleep <laughs> which I probably, <laughs> probably would have went and watched it and fell asleep too yeah there's just something about something about the way they do apocalypse that no i think i'll just wait for video mm-hmm. uh, i watched alan moore's show pieces which is Kind of, he did like five short films, and they just kind of like combine them into one long narrative because they are interrelated. They all have the same actors and everything. And I didn't watch them as the feature. I watched them as individual short films, and the first three were pretty cool. You know, they're they're cohesive. They, I kind of get what he's talking about, and then the last two like lost me. You know, it's just like sometimes he does that with me. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about here, Alan Moore. It looks cool, you know. You just have to you just have to give yourself over to Alan Moore and realize that he's way smarter than you yeah. will be. Yeah, I'd like to pretend that I'm smart and I understood it and everything and, like, say some smart shit. But, nah, I, I'm not even going to pretend. Well, you know, fuck it. I, I don't get it, man. Well, you answered one of my questions I had for you, Joe, because I had a couple of questions, and that was one of them because I knew that was out there, and I knew – I figured you would have – seen that already I have yeah. an Alan Moore based question for Joe also later <laughs> I ordered it as as soon as it came out you know I was curious uh, I picked up it. he's got a new comic out called uh, 
fuck, I don't even know what it's called, but it's sitting here. I haven't read it yet. Um, it has to do with the cinema. Like if you're uh, just like he got a bunch of people like Garth Ennis and Warren Ellis and all them to write little short stories having to do with, with film or something. So we'll see what that's all about. But it's got get a good roster of comic creators. But hopefully I understand it a bit more than I did this show pieces thing. Uh, like always, uh, lately, television has capti- captivated me more than, than film. So I've been watching uh, one that you talked about a few weeks back, Tim, is a Slasher. Yes. It's on and, Netflix now. Yeah. So I'm about six episodes into it. I think there's only two more left to go. And yep. it's good. I mean, the... the the lead, she's very, very attractive. She's very pleasant to look at. Mm-hmm. And it, it's pretty much like a long slasher movie, man. It's got all those elements. It's got some cool kills. The killer, when he comes out there, he's intimidating, doesn't talk much, doesn't you know do anything but kill these people and fuck with them. Get back to me, though, when you see the finale. Okay. I want to hear your thoughts on it because I thought, like, after I seen – the show, I was kind of like, well, that fucking sucked. <laughs> well, it's got all the red herrings, you know. It's like it could be this person, it could be that person. Yep. It, it's oh, got yeah. a lot of the drawbacks of a slasher movie, like yep. a fucking police force that can't do shit. Why are they taking this chick along with them when they're making a bust or when they're investigating something? It's like you're putting her in the fucking line of danger. That make you know. I understand it's a TV show or whatever, but still. And some of the lines they use, which I should have written some of them down, they're just fucking ridiculous. But it goes along with, hey, it's a slasher, so fuck it. Yeah, um, and I go back to Chiller Channel is the new sci-fi channel. They're, <laughs> they're they're literally throwing crap at the wall and putting everything on. Well, maybe they'll get something that hits, like sci-fi did with Sharknado, and you know that's yeah, it. They- the only thing was Sharknado. I now believe, looking back, it killed Sci-Fi Channel. It did. They can't go back from that. They're just going to squeeze that and squeeze it and keep on doing it and all the other crap that they're doing with that, too. Um, that's how I have sex. I squeeze it and squeeze it and keep on doing it. That's the way we all do it, man. Budding! Zing! Hey. Whatever. That was a um, bad joke. Wow. <laughs> Penny Dreadful is now in its third season, and it hasn't lost any steam for me. In fact, it's probably as soon as we finish with the show, I'll watch the new episode. It It is probably the best thing that I watch in on television. Eva Green is just she's gorgeous and she is a fucking amazing actress. David Warner still on it? No, he was oh. only on for like two episodes. Um, but they do they're amping up the Dracula thing and uh, they introduced uh, Doctor Jekyll, so we've got some shit going on there with him. Uh, it's just a smorgasbord of uh, I've said it before on here. It's the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, just horror based and. Man, I, I can't get enough of the show. I fucking love it. <coughs> and today I watched the first episode of Hap and Leonard, which, uh, Quast, have you watched this? I watched the whole series three times. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> okay, because I'm a, you know, I know that you, like me, are a big fan of, uh, of Lansdale, J.R. Uh, I adore Lansdale. Since, ever since Richard Matheson died, Lansdale is my favorite living uh, genre author. Okay, so I was really apprehensive to watch this. You know, I, I saw the casting, and I thought, well, okay, these two guys can pull off the role. You know, I've seen, uh, I don't remember the black dude's name, but, you know, Fabulous on the Wire, really good. Michael Kenneth Williams. Yeah. And uh, James so today, today I had some time to kill. I said, okay, I'll watch this first episode and see what, what goes on. 
and right off the bat, the dialogue, it, it's Lansdale, man. They did not uh, pull punches. Now, this is the 30 days of, God, of night guy, right? Or am I mixing no, Joe's up? No, you're mixing no. up your Joe's. Okay. Lansdale wrote Bubba Hotep is what yep. most people listening to the show would rec- uh, remember him for. He also uh, – Interesting. Cold in July, if you've not seen that, I recommend that. That just recently got onto Netflix. Uh, oh, I saw oh, that. I watched it twice since it hit Netflix. Yeah. Wait, it's... Refresh my mind. What's that about? I think I've seen that. Briefly, uh, it's about yeah. uh, uh, this schmuck who kills uh, an intruder um, that he thinks is the son of a recently paroled convict. Uh, this recently paroled convict comes and kind of torments this guy until they find out that it wasn't actually his son. It was somebody else. Oh, I know. what. I've not seen this one, but this was it's one. Better. It's a great cast. It's yeah, just, they were hyping this up as like a Tarantino-esque type movie. But it's the Jim Mickle, the, the same guy that did uh, Late Phases. That, that, uh, oh, yeah, that. yeah. Yeah, I mean, the guy, the guy's done nothing, nothing that I haven't loved, and he did a great job with uh, Happen Leonard. I'm just so happy with it. I wasn't completely in love with casting choices. I knew Michael Kenneth Williams could do any goddamn thing because he's, I think he's brilliant, but uh, I, I just, the, show, the show's fantastic. If anything, I think they, they kind of, they kind of dial the, the violence from 11 down to a 10, you know, mm-hmm. because Lansdale's violence is always beautifully over the top. Um, but uh, they did pull punches, like I said, on the use of the word nigger or faggot. Which he uses throughout, but it, it, I know, you know, it takes. still takes a lot of criticism for using terms like that, but he writes mm-hmm. the way people talk. Right. You know, and right. Those people that he's depicting, and another thing is that his his heroes are not one hundred percent, you know, squeaky yeah. clean either. They're it. It takes place in '88 too, which makes a world of difference by the way people talk. People weren't as PC. Those words, mm-hmm. especially in East Texas. We're banned about quite a bit. They still are in East Texas. Right, and when one of the main characters is a gay black man. Right, and he's a tough motherfucker. He's not somebody you would want to fuck with. So oh, he'll, burn, he'll burn your house down as soon as look yeah. at you. you See, know? and that's another thing is like right in the first episode, of course, they have his uncle who is hilarious, and they have the crack house next door, which has always been one of my favorite scenes in any one of his books, so I'm waiting to see what happens in the next few episodes, which I already know what's going to happen. I just want to see how it plays out on the screen. Right. Guys, you guys need to watch this. Happen Leonard. Read yeah. the books. Read the books and watch yeah. the show. See, the Lansdale. thing with his writing, Lansdale, you Lansdale can read Lansdale. This know, is on uh, Netflix, right? Uh, no. It is on the Sundance channel. Uh, and it's on Amazon. Uh, it's, it's on Amazon.com, but it's not on Prime yet. Okay, okay. Um, you know, Lansdale called my house one time. Really? Yeah, I, I ordered t- T-shirts from his karate school, uh-huh. and he personally called to tell me that the sizes that I ordered were out of stock. <laughs> so I, I turned on my answering machine and said, hi, this is Joe Lansdale. I'm calling about y'all's T-shirt order. And, uh, you know, and I thought, holy fuck, Joe Lansdale himself is calling me to tell me that he doesn't have T-shirts in my fat size. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've, I felt really honored recently because uh, uh, my friend Todd went to a uh, – my Todd's in Indiana, actually, and he went to a comic book show where Lansdale was there. And that was one of his big, you know, exciting things for the show is, uh, is that Lansdale was going to be there. He's finally going to get to meet him, and he brought me up because I've done some shirts for Lansdale. and and But this was a couple of years back that 
Lansdale remember me. Oh yeah, Teacher Joe. You know he you know talks yeah. to my daughter all the time. Really good guy, man. And to have that kind of memory for somebody I've only he, he does his own Facebook. He responds to questions. I you know I've sent him messages and he's responded back. He's very connected with his fans. I mean, you know, there's there's fans and then there's Lansdale fans. The the people that really love this guy fucking love him. Yeah, I mean, you can – I don't know if he still does this on his website, but he has, like, the story of the week. You can go and read a short story on there for free. Yeah. Uh, he's re- – uh, one of them that's that's good, you can probably look it up, is uh, Godzilla's 12-step program where Godzilla's <laughs> trying to, to stop destroying cities. You know, I like this man already. Oh, uh, you got to check him out, man. He's, oh, he's my, my hero. He's written uh, a couple of Jonah Hex arcs for comics. He's written he wrote, uh, Conan. Uh, couple of Batman. He wrote uh, Son of Batman. The, the, um, the, yeah, that's where the, I know that name from. Yeah, the DC animated uh, the version of the Son of Batman. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, one of the episodes of the first season of Masters of Horror, right? Incident on and off. Yes. The, uh, yeah. 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 She wrote that. The Coscarelli yeah. episode. Yeah, it was good. So, yeah, th- this guy's been writing forever, and what's great with this show is he's finally getting – the recognition that he deserves. He was on uh, NPR a couple of months back when the first show first premiered. So definitely go pick up his books. They are quick, fun reads, man. Cool. And not, and not for the squeamish. No, no, he does not pull punches with the, <laughs> with the violence, especially. And the thing is too, is he's a badass. He developed his own style of fighting. You know, he's he, got a karate school for Christ's sakes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, he's he invented a form of martial yeah. arts. Yeah. He was a bodyguard for celebrities. I mean, just read up on the guy himself. He is just, is fucking amazing. And he couldn't be more humble too. I mean, right. he's not, he's, he's not like down to earth. Yeah. Yeah, man. You know, uh, he sounds like Sam Jones. Sam Jones did that, too. You know that, right, Joe? He did save every one of us, old Flash. Oh, I know that okay. Sam Jones has affiliations with the clan. Okay, great. Now we can, uh, this, okay, we can scratch, scratch Flash Gordon references off to the, the to-do list for tonight. Oh. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle, you want to go ahead and get Spookies out of there? I've already way? got Spookies Parade out of there. We're, we're uh, really, <laughs> quoted the deck. I'll mention popcorn is the greatest slasher of all time. Now, everything fresh after that. Let's go. Uh, let's see. And then, of course, I've been watching Game of Thrones. You know what? I've heard, Joe. I'm making a prediction. I heard it through the grapevine. It's it's chattered about on the internet. Tonight, and we're recording this on the 5th of May. Or 5th of June, I'm sorry. 5th of May. Holy um, crap. I was lost. <laughs> Tonight, my girl dies. Really? Really? I've heard my girl dies tonight. I heard tonight is uh, Brienne dies. And I'm going to be a sad little fucking dude, man. I'm going to cry. I'm calling to work tomorrow. You should just not like any characters because whoever you like seems to die. I like – well, the hound's not dead, sir. Is the dink still alive? Is the dink still alive? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, he's the show. But the thing is, I think he may die – I think he'll get sick of it. Yeah, I think he'll because get sick of it. Because I read something that they have a series for him that they're they're writing for him. He's like some detective or some shit for HBO. Tiny Dick. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. Peter Dinklage's Tiny Dick. I love it. <laughs> I just made a million dollars. I'm copyrighting that. Tiny Dick. Starring Peter Dinklage. Right. Fuck you, HBO. I'm sure their lawyers are better than mine. 
but you can have that idea. And I've been watching, uh... Did you, well, did you get all choked up when Hodor bought the farm? I thought that was pretty fucking cool. I thought that I was... Thought that was done right. really, really well. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's been... There's been some so, cool shit like that. So Hodor is, 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 is short for hold the door? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so that's... But you know what, I, honestly, I have never seen an episode of Game of Thrones, and I have zero interest in ever watching uh, an episode of Game of Thrones. I'm oh. right with you. Fuck you both, then. I, the whole titties and dragons thing, it's like, nah, it's not for me, man. The you sword and sorcery. So I'm, I'm not a big fan of the sword and sorcery. Not, it, but it's, it's like, yeah, I've heard this argument. People say this before, and it, it's really more like political. Uh, it's just. Give me another sci-fi channel Dungeons and Dragons. It's not, it's not that. It's not that. <laughs> Give me Sword and Sword and the Sorcerer the series. Damn right. Yeah. Oh my god! Like the Lee Horsley movie. <laughs> yes, Albert Pune. Come on. Okay. Well, He's still was, alive. That was an awesome movie. <laughs> Give it me Twin like, Barbarians the series. It seems like all the characters on this show fall into one of two characters: either a vicious cunt or whiny bitch. No. Say, I, I always, I've been sick of uh, that dragon chick since the first season. And Man, I, she got a problem. She can't get from, the, it's called the Narrow Sea, and you can't get from point A over the Narrow Sea to point B. Yeah. Five, we'll discuss it. We'll, we'll spare you guys that shit, because yeah. uh, Kyle and I will do our yep. our season-ending uh, recap, review, well, bitch fest, and... If uh, Brian dies, I'm not going to watch the show anymore. There's no reason <laughs> Done to watch the show. Uh, and then I've been watching a bunch of uh, tutorial videos on working with charcoal, which I've, I just recently took that up. And a lot of the people that do these tutorial videos, they're very talented, but they should not be doing tutorial videos because they're not fucking tutoring you on shit. They're just kind of like showing off the shit they can do. Drawing on camera. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought you were there to instruct, like, tell me what you're fucking using, how you're using it, uh, what's good, what's a bad product, shit like that. So I'm waiting pretty much like like movies. You know, I'm waiting through a lot of bad shit to see some good shit. What the hell is that noise? You guys hear that? No. no. That's you your neighbor it? jacking off to you. I'm yeah, going to go at his stupid ass again. <laughs> anyway, Rodrigo, what you been watching? Um, A lot of uh, a Japanese, um, like, girl... Uh, um, uh, juvenile delinquent movies. Nice, nice. Pretty much nonstop. These it's a genre called pinky violence. It's like girl gang boss yeah, type yeah. stuff. It's yeah. it's it's titties and Japanese young Japanese girls and swords and yakuza. Wait a minute, and, hold and on. Bloodshed and well, cross is quite, I don't get. I don't understand it. Japanese girls, tits, swords. You're in it. Tits, swords, and dragons, you're out. <laughs> this, is, this is real gritty, kind of like true life, you know, like juvenile delinquent type stuff, man. It's, there's no, like, fucking dragons and, you know, demons and spell castings and witches and shit like that. Okay. Well, uh, Quas, are there any attractive women in those movies? A lot of the, the Pinky Violence movies I watch, I mean, they're good flicks, they're fun to watch, but a lot of the women are just, eh. Oh, I feel this is going to get real racist. <laughs> <laughs> there are gorgeous, gorgeous women who uh, are that are in these movies. My favorite, my favorite, my favorite actor is that Miko Kaji that was in Lady Snowblood. She's in a lot of these movies. 
Give me some titles, because I've heard this pinky violence genre mentioned a bunch. I'm not sure I've ever seen one. Oh, I th- you know, the uh, Girl Gang Boss is, is one that I like a lot. I just got done watching that one. Okay. Hang on one second. Let me pick up my... Let's see if I can give you a few recommendations. Well, wasn't uh, Severin putting them out? Not Severin. Um... Arrow. Yeah, somebody had a big old box set of the Pinky Violence they put out like a couple years ago. It was, was Synapse. Cool. Synapse. There you go. Synapse got a few, yeah. Um, another one's called Terrifying Girls High School. Uh, Criminal Woman Killing Melody. The one that I just watched yesterday was Delinquent Girl Boss Worthless to Confess. <laughs> it sounds like they're just saying random words. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it almost is. It's like, it's like, you know, like a jumble where you just sort of like. Right. Zero Woman Red Handcuffs is a really racy one. It's I've got that one here. Yeah, it's it's one of the most violent ones, and uh, it's a very very sexy. Um, yeah, man, what uh, the the female prisoner seven hundred one scorpion? That's one with Miko Kaji, aka Lady Snowblood. Good stuff, good stuff, man. If you like Japanese girls, if you like titties, if you like uh, samurai swords, decapitations, lots of blood sprays, yakuza movies, can't go wrong. I love them. I like all those things. I'm all, yeah, I'm all over this shit, man. That's, that's what I'm binging on right now. Cool. Uh, TV-wise, I've been watching... Uh, I watched M- Maria Bamford's uh, uh, Netflix series called Lady Dynamite, and I like it because she, she addresses her mental illness kind of really head-on. She's uh, a bipolar, too, which means she's basically unfit to be in public. But uh, she has a lot of fun with it, and it makes me laugh. And I like watching things that uh, deal with mental illness because I myself am mentally ill. Me too. I don't like to be in public. Yeah, and I, I just watched the, the movie that the um, movie called Love and Mercy about Brian Jones. So it's it, yeah, it's basically like a mental illness weekend. I watched, uh, you, you know, <laughs> I'm like. I like watching movies about people that are just slightly crazier than I am. <laughs> cool. You're rolling a theme there this weekend. I, I was rolling a theme. I sort of said, except, you know, <laughs> if, you, if you take away the talent, you know, I'm basically Brian Wilson because I spend all my time, uh, like, horribly depressed, self-medicating, and sleeping a lot. I, I uh, find that I have the same problem. Only it's I a joke, guys. Laugh. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not joking. <laughs> I have the same problem. But I don't blame it. It's not me. Everyone else has the problem. I don't like to go into society because society are a bunch of fucking idiots. Uh-oh, somebody just dropped out. What just happened? I'm good. I'm here. Oh, Rodrigo died. Uh, Rodrigo. Why did you kill him? I'm back from the dead. Oh, he, he <laughs> dropped out for a second. I'm freaking out. Cool. Hey, class. So I'm not a big fan of uh, Cusack. That, that's a Cusack movie, right? Yeah, but he's not in it an awful lot. Really? It's mostly it's I've actually the only thing I've been able to stand Paul Dano in. He plays young Brian uh, Brian Wilson. Mm-hmm. Oh, but, I didn't see that. Fuck, I'm so glad you said that. So it's primarily a flashback movie. It's primarily a flashback movie. The scenes in the in the like, the more present day with him and his girlfriend and mm-hmm. uh, the battles that he had with his um, his um, psych, like psychiatrist who was basically his legal guardian. Yeah, that's that's like, like actually almost a minor part of it. What I really liked about the movie is 
um, they showed him in the studio working with the um, the um, wrecking crew. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's like real behind-the-scenes stuff. And you get a real vibe that, that this is what it was like to work with him in the studio. I mean, he was a studio maniac and the wrecking crew. Yeah, there's a, a documentary on Netflix about those guys right now. I've yet to watch it, but I'm going to. <laughs> oh, yeah, you need to watch it. That's fantastic. Yeah. So that was really interesting to watch that. You got a real sense for what it was like for him, like his creative process before he totally threw a wobbler and wound up in bed for three years. Yeah, so that guy focus on one album then, the uh, like to, Pet Sounds or something? They, they focus pretty heavily on Pet Sounds and what happened with Smile. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, just barely touched on his relationship with his father, who was an abusive asshole. But, uh, yeah, but actually I thought it was pretty good. The Beach Boys hold this really creepy place in, like, culture, man. They were in with Manson and yeah, um, yeah the him just being, like, an eccentric genius that no one understood and he couldn't understand anybody else and his mental illnesses. I love, I love all that. I need to. I'm glad you said that because I had completely erased it's that on, movie out of my it's mind. On Hulu. I watched it on Hulu, so if you have Hulu, it's on there. Yeah, so after you watch uh, Cold in July and Happy Land, watch that. Okay, I got three things. <laughs> what about you, Tim? What you been watching? Uh, been watching. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I love that movie. It's, just, it's, a, it's a fun movie. Let me let me let me say this. I don't I don't hate Meatballs. It's a great fucking movie. I don't hate Caddyshack. It's a great funny movie, but those two movies, every and, and I'll throw Animal House in there too. All those three movies, everyone thinks they're like comedy gold. I don't think so. They, they're funny. They're they're okay, but they they meander. It's like they have no plot after a while. All three of those movies like go nowhere, and the, there's like big holes in the middle. And I've talked about the the Caddyshack pregnancy scare angle. That just doesn't seem to fit now. Oh, yeah, it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. And, and that plot with that kid and meatballs about running the race. I mean, basically, those two movies right there, they're just a showcase for old Dan Aykroyd, or old Bill Murray. I was going to say, I just, that's... There's nothing wrong with that. That's the only, yeah, that's the reason why I enjoy meatballs, is him, period. Yeah. But anyhow, uh, this week I got on the train of watching more movies again, uh... Took a break from editing the new book, but uh, I watched Killer Elite with Jason Statham, which of course John Cross was happy I watched that. And was, it, was that anything at all like the the original one with James Caan? I was gonna ask you. <laughs> I was gonna ask you guys because after watching this, should I like, know it was a remake? Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I seen that pop movie with James Caan and uh, Robert Duvall. It's a really, really, uh, really cool movie. Huh. Yeah, I didn't know there was one until I went, like, I posted about it, and then I was looking, like, all of a sudden, somehow, some way, something posted up on Facebook about that, and I was like, huh, I never knew there was another one. So I'm now kind of interested in seeing that other one. But I I don't know, I never seen the original, so, but it was pretty decent. Yeah, I never saw the Jason Statham remake, so I I got, you know, I can't make a comparison, but. I hope it's not a uh, man on fire situation. I, I, that's one movie I, I never hope I see ever again. Is that? <laughs> Holy shit, that was fucking boring. Which version do you find boring? Of the original. original one. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, that was yeah, that was bad. Just fucking horrible. Uh, Vampire Bats. Watch that. Has Lucy Lawless in it. Very generic bat movie. Uh, they, uh, Lou Diamond Phillips did a much better version <laughs> quite a few years ago. Tell me the soundtrack's done by Wesley Willis. 
No. <laughs> oh man, that would be just the best movie of all time. No, it, it just it's very generic. I was kind of disappointed in this. Uh, also, I pulled out of my butt. Uh, found it on YouTube. Movie called Rock and Roll. Never seen it. Only heard about it. Cartoon. Yeah, the animated film come out in '83. Yeah. A lot of people compare this to heavy metal. Oh, yeah. Rock and Roll. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's a ton of those movies back then, Tim. Yeah, well, this one supposedly... Oh, Baskey did a bunch of stuff back then. Yeah, this supposedly had an $8 million budget, took like four years to make, but there was so much lack of promotion when it came out, it just only made something like $30,000 at the theater. It just apparently died of a horrible death, never to be heard from again. Me personally, I like the soundtrack to Heavy Metal much better. This movie's just... It is, if you're weird and you love animation movies, it is something worth, you know, sitting down, checking out. And plus, Iggy Pop does the voice for uh, the evil character, Mock, at one point. Iggy Pop is good. Yeah, he doesn't do it for the whole movie, but for some reason, he did it for part of the movie. I think it's just where he sings, so. Hmm. Um, Also, another animated movie, and this was bringing up a question for Joe. Joe, have you ever seen the Lady Death movie? No, I've not. I did, and I. Are you a Lady Death fan at no. all? Okay. No, I'm not a fan of her. Or uh, is it Evil Ernie? Yes. Yeah. No, I. I've read them. I mean, they're passable comics, but they're real basic. I don't really. Yeah, it was like the, Yeah, I was gonna say like the mid late '90s. Like these characters popped up, and it was kind of like, eh. I feel like I should be into these, but I'm yeah. not. And I, I didn't know if you're a fan or not, and I wanted to ask you about it. I watched it. It's the origin story, basically, of Lady Death, if you're interested. Uh, just uh, comments after is just people just putting down the animation in general. But I personally, I was like, <laughs> if you're, it was from 2004. And basically, if you're in the Japanese anime, you're going to enjoy the movie. But I just liked how... Uh, Hope, the main character, like when she transforms, all of a sudden she's able to be, uh, she goes, she has big boobs, able to cut people's heads off, and just <laughs> like out of nowhere. It just made, I was just laughing <laughs> the whole time watching it. What is this? Uh, what now? Lady Death, man. Lady it was uh, in the is it 90s. An anime thing? Is it an, like an anime thing? Well, yeah, it's based on a comic. Yeah, yeah it, there was a company called Chaos Comics that was really big. Awesome, did Valiant? No, Valiant kept their shit pretty tame. Uh, but there was like a whole bad girl scene of comics that would come out, and it was just chicks with big tits just yep. kicking ass. And yep. that's essentially this one had a little bit more. I'm looking at it now. She looks like uh, uh, like almost like a Vampirella ripoff. Yeah, yes, just pretty much white skin. Yeah, and a sword. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I never got it, but the thing is, it was like one of those things, like you were saying, Tim, that, that you feel like you're supposed to like or whatever. Mm-hmm. I feel that there, there are certain things in comics that go that way. Like Lobo was fun for a little while, but then it was the same shit over and over. It's the same thing with uh, Deadpool. Deadpool's huge, and it's like, oh, if you're into comics, you're supposed to like Deadpool. No, man, it's the same fucking story over and over, but I guess you can say that with all the comics at this point, since they – you know, constantly recycle the same shit, the same storylines, but that's over the course of years. 
with characters like that, it's over the course of just months. And it's the yeah. same shit. So I just can't – I never could get myself into that. It's no yeah. Image Comics, Joe. <laughs> oh, fuck uh, Image, man. It's no Stormwatch. <laughs> that – that oh, man. Fuck, no young fuck blood. all that early Image stuff, man. How fuck. I want to see that documentary. What's that documentary about Image? I didn't know there was one. Yeah, there's one. I, I don't know what it's called. I'll have to look it up. But it's all about how they split. All those dudes split from Marvel and made Image. Might be good. There's one on rock and roll comics that's really good, if you remember them. I want to see the one about AD2000 comics, too. Yeah, I want to watch that one. I, been, I, I don't know where the fuck that's at, though. It might be in limbo, for all I know. It may not even be made yet. Right. Anyway, what else anyway. you watched, Tim? Uh, I watched a werewolf movie. It's I don't know if you could say it's a werewolf movie, but it's in that category. How? Uh, UK film where passengers on a train, the train gets stopped, and they're being attacked by like a wolf-like creature. Have you checked this out? It's like new, came out in the past year. I've heard of well, it, Hal. I have. I, I, I stand by the belief that all, all modern werewolf movies suck ass. <laughs> You didn't I like, enjoyed. Uh, if, if, you if, didn't if, like if, late phases. Yeah, you Except recommended late, late, phases. late phases. Was like the rare example, the rare, rare exception of that. I love late phases. What about Wolf? But, but, I, but, I, but I went into to late phases already knowing about Jim Mickle and um, Nick Dimitri and thinking because of those two guys, I'm going to give this a roll and see if it uh, see if it plays out. And I was glad I did. But anytime I see anything that has Howl or Pack or Wolf and and like any kind of vaguely wolf like looking. Uh, creature on the cover, I stay away from it because they all suck. I'm with you. I don't think if you're an independent filmmaker, uh, you kind of are really up against it if you're going to do a werewolf movie because that costuming, it it has to be great. I thought Late Phases was uh, Adrian Borgliano, the the Here Comes the Devil guy. He directed it, but didn't Jim Mickle write it? Shit, I don't know. I don't know. But Dimitri was in it. If Dimitri's in it, Mickle had something to do with it. Yeah. Looking up pictures of Lady Death here, Joe, I see a lot of a lot of Lady Death Vampirella uh, fan art here. Yeah, where yeah. they're just fucking her. Yep. Like that, yeah. That is a weird time for comics, man. It's just... It's weird. Just, I don't know. <laughs> what else you got, Tim? Uh, anyhow, how, like I said, I enjoyed it, but I understand Quast's stance on werewolf movies. Also, watch. Yeah, I think he's right. Yeah, I think you're right. Quast, you might like us. I watched Jaws of Satan. Jaws of Satan? Yes. It's a snake movie. From 81. Okay. Do you all know this? I I've thought not you heard would... of this one. No, no but you. All I needed to hear was 81, and I'm, I'm intrigued. because Okay, it's a King Cobra escapes from a train, and apparently he is Satan. And he controls <laughs> he controls snakes to start killing people in a local town. And you're all on this train exploitation <laughs> Christina Applegate? No. no. Uh, you know what? There was a girl in there that looked a lot like her, but she's, like, real young, so it could have been. Hmm. Yeah, Christina Applegate's in this mess, dude. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I thought I seen a girl that looked just like her, but I was like, ah, that can't Son be her. That is. 
She's like, she looks like she's eight years old or nine years old. Available on YouTube, bookmarking this one. I got Lady Death and I got Jaws of Satan, bookmarked to watch later on YouTube. Yes, King Cobra <laughs> that is Satan. It yeah. Was, uh, the Vatican Tapes, I finally watched that. Boo. I kind of liked it, dude. Really? You and fucking out of print Dan, man. I'm not going to no. say I liked it as much as Dan did. Dan went gaga over it. Oh, that movie was... I'm just... I was kind of like, eh, it was decent. I was glad I watched it. They could have done so much more cool stuff. Than yeah, they, they could have. Uh, but, like I said, I, I think that genre is like been killed with all the other ones that came out before it like it went direct-to-video. Kind of killed it. But there's a couple like that... Uh, Michael Caine one that was pretty cool. Uh, or Michael King, I'm sorry. Um, but also watched Amityville Death House, which we're going to talk about in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and I finally got to watch Michael Verratti's Flesh for the Inferno, which is about killer nuns. A ton of blood in the film. It was pretty cool. Nice. So that's what I watched this week. I didn't watch a goddamn thing. Nice way to prepare for your own podcast, Kyle. Hey, I didn't. Oh, shit, I, man. Yeah, I didn't watch anything this week, but I just, you know, nothing, nothing looked good to watch this week, so I just put old Trailer Park Boys on. That never stopped Tim Gross from uh, preparing for the show. Well, yeah, I don't exactly. need to watch. Why I sit around? Listen, you wait for something to look good before you watch it. You'll never watch anything. No, yeah, I, exactly. I no, it's not that. It was just nothing like caught my eye this week i worked a lot of overtime this week too nothing caught my eye so i just i would come up boys i don't have a job right now so i have nothing but time on my hands man that's the life dude i wish oh it's a great life god damn <laughs> i wish i had no that'd be just the, i don't know how they do it around here fucking kids my age nobody has a job but yet they they still get paid somehow wait, wait, yeah wait, that's wait, called wait. meth sorry I've just been I've just been working enough to like accumulate a little bit of savings, and I quit my job and live off my accumulated savings, and then work when I run out of money. <laughs> Is uh, this what you're gonna do when you come back to the PA? Also, yep. <laughs> just gonna hang out at the Hollywood Theater and, and sling tickets. That's that's one of my plans. Yes. Nice. Okay. Hey, why not? Well, I'll tell you what, Tim. Breaking news: uh, We found out today that. On my dad's birthday, the Cubs are playing the Pirates in Pittsburgh, and we're coming. Oh, really? Yeah, we're going to get you a ticket, dude. we got to ask you. You were telling me, where is the section? I have to find out so we can get tickets. That is the all-you-can-eat hot dog. I'm just going to say, man, you got to get all-you-can-eat seats. I think yeah. it's left field or something. They're, actually, it, they're it, actually pretty good seats. Are, do they have a name? Are they, like, go by a yeah. specific name? Yeah, if you just like whatever you whatever um, outlet you call, just look for all you can eat seats, and you know, awesome. Yeah. What day is this? Uh, I don't know yet because they play them over the weekend. They play all three days. I don't know. Okay. We get tickets for, but we, we're gonna get you one so you can come. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so surprise. <laughs> yeah, let me know because the wife said you you and your dad are welcome to stay. Yeah, I told him that. He said he he probably. I don't know. It's too early to tell. Who knows? Dad okay. might even fucking not want to go after a while because he gets like that. Anyway, we're going to forgo the news because who cares? And let's just jump right into the questions, Tim. 
if we have any, I didn't check. Uh, hold on. Give me a second. I have to go way back. I'm just like so far into the Facebook wormhole right now. Facebook wormhole. Is that like a Beelzebub movie? <laughs> yeah, I, that dude poops that movie at yeah. this point. He's, he's literally, he, he has his Tim, own catalog. Tim, Tim sent me a, a link to something called Dick Shark or something like that. What's that? <laughs> yes, that that dude Shark Dick or Dick Shark. Yeah, it's, it's Dick Shark. And that dude Dick literally. Shark, Dick Shark actually looks like the chestburster from Alien. Yes, this guy's <laughs> actually got a shark dick. Yes, is this the same guy that did Ant Farm Dick Hole? Yes. Uh huh. <laughs> okay, you know, uh, oh, Jesus. He's found a niche cost, and dude has non-stop, not stopped running with it. His his movies are awful, and but uh, God bless him for getting them made. You know what I mean? Yep. I have to find anyone that can come up with a concept for a movie called Ant Farm Dickhole and find enough money, time, and interested people to get that movie made. Believe me, dude no longer has a job. He makes those movies. He makes that amount of money. I believe it. Oh, yeah, I he, he, believe. he found the niche, and he puts out, I think, at least one title a month. Jesus. He's, he's I, I swear, I believe he's up to 60 different movies now. And his table, every time I see him at Wasteland, nonstop people are picking up movies. Oh, yeah, that's his and, crowd. Yeah, and he explained the formula to me and how uh, – Non-stop writing, but how he came up with how to have a crew and everything else and just like the people that are involved, especially the women that are involved, they're all for it. They love it. So I, I can't blame him. Good for him. Yeah, he, he found something that works. People buy it. I'm about to I, look up his filmography right now because yeah, I, it, I have a feeling the man can make up titles. Yeah, he can. He can. He just, he's ridiculous. But anyhow, uh, questions tonight. Uh, not many of them, but we have a few. Uh, Patricia Stevens, she wants to know, uh, does Joe eat his pizza with ranch? The crust. I the will. Crust. If the crust is shitty and needs uh, some extra flavor, then yeah, I'll dip it in some ranch. Okay. She is also... There, is there something that Joe won't dip in ranch? No. That's a good no, question. That's, I'll yeah. try anything with ranch, I guess. You know, maybe popsicles. Okay. Ew, yeah. <laughs> Ever uh, used ranch dressing as a love lotion? <laughs> I have Sweet not. For this. Uh, would you recommend it? <laughs> I mean, and if so, which brand? Oh, I think you got to go with Hidden Valley, the name alone. Valley, right? You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not a Marzidis or oh, no, no. I think not cans. Hidden Valley is actually a euphemism for pussy, so you know. Not a value time. Oh no, no, a value time. Well, depends on the girl, I guess. <laughs> not one of those old school '80s like black and white label ones. I've created a few right value times. I remember that shit. Oh man, what happened to generic black yeah, label product? Generic man, they had their own fucking aisle. Yeah. How about, about Surefine? <laughs> Great value. You don't want you don't want uh, Food Club. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I had all the generics when I was a kid, man. Yeah, you did what you have to, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, Patricia Stevens wants to know, what is your favorite comedy movie from the 80s? Uh, 
I like Let It Ride with uh, Richard Dreyfus. I was watching that two weeks ago after a podcast in bed. First of all, I love to gamble, and that movie has like all the gambling stereotypes, and they're all true. Yeah, it was a HBO movie. Yeah, it, it's yeah. just that's uh, just funny as shit to me. Yeah, you know, uh, Jennifer Tilly looks fucking hot in that movie. Uh, it's just great, man. Yeah, you covered it on the show once. Yeah, uh, I guess an alternative would be Raising Arizona. There you go. That's a good one. Mm. That never to me those like, '80s comedies they they still have to hold up today, and a lot of them do. But I don't think anyone holds up better than UHF. Yeah. Yeah, that, I'd agree with that. That shit is, I, I say that's the second funniest movie ever made, only taught by Holy Grail. Just I was going to say, I was gonna say one of my favorites is Police Academy, the first. But you quaffed. I hate comedies. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was going to say fucking Don Rickles on the goddamn show here. Mr. Warmth just showed the fuck up. <laughs> I, you know, I'm not a big fan of comedy movies. That there aren't too many movies that can sustain hilarity for 90 minutes. That's why I, I'm more of a fan of like a 90, of like a 30 minute sitcom type situation where you can kind of go in. Oh yeah, I got gotcha. you. Roll out your ha-has and then you know cut to commercial. Well, what about what about it? comedy works better when it's broken off in small pieces, man? Just I can't name a single. I mean, even even great comedies like Blazing Saddles. There's some really dull ass and lame spots in that movie that just fall flat. I was going to say, I love that movie, but yeah, I can't, I I have to agree with you so much on Blazing Saddles. Cause so, I mean, there's some great, great comedies. I, I mean, we, we've already talked about a couple of them here, but uh, for the most part, I'm not a big fan of comedy movies. Well, what about something that's broken up in the segments like that, like say uh, Kentucky Fried Movie? Amazon Women on the Moon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, something you can kind of turn off and turn on and go back to kind of thing, but you know, I just can't. I can't. I can't maintain a level of interest in in a in a comedy the same way I can in a drama or a horror movie or, or something else. Even porn. <laughs> <laughs> Understandable. Also, Superman three. I'm just gonna hit all the fucking cliches tonight. Superman three is a comedy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of the greatest comedies. Well, I mean... It didn't like the, start out that way. <laughs> it didn't start out that way, but it ended up being one of the greatest comedies of all time. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, there, there's a lot of movies that aren't comedies that that will definitely make me laugh quite a bit. Uh, Precious is one of them. Uh, that's just fucking hilarious. Schindler's List. <laughs> Schindler's List. Uh, Gandhi. <laughs> Uh, Sandy Trap wants to know Patty beat me to it sort of I was going to ask what Joe's obsession with is how how, and how it started I'm guessing ranch dressing yeah okay well this uh, I've been going up to Dallas a lot because I'm trying to find uh, some commercial property to open up a second shop up there oh franchising yeah Um, yeah FCS DFW (laughs) but (laughs) Uh, and while I'm doing that, you know, after a while I'll get frustrated or like some of these uh, property managers won't call me back. And it's like, what the fuck, man? Um, so then I'll head back to Lisa's place and there's a, a wings uh, 
what I thought was a bar, you know, but it's just like a big sign that says wings. I fucking love wings. I have an obsession with wings, not not with ranch, but I do like ranch with my wings. I thought it was a bar. I thought I'd be able to sit down there and fucking, you know, knock back a few beers and just drink some uh, or eat some wings. But nope, it's like a restaurant restaurant. So I just ordered it to go, went back to her place and I'm eating these wings, which are fabulous, but they gave you like one, one of those little small containers of ranch. And that shit's gone after four wings. <laughs> so I go to the fridge and there's no ranch in her fridge. It's like, what the fuck is this? There's, vinaigrette. Yeah, yeah. vinaigrette. There's like five fucking bottles of vinaigrette. It's like, what the fuck am I going to do with this shit? What's anybody going to do with this shit? And, you know, so I just kind of got upset. And posted about it on Facebook instead of just telling her, hey, hey, can you pick up some ranch on the way home? So I made a public spectacle. (laughs) So now she refuses to ever buy ranch. And so I'm going to keep giving shit about it, giving her shit about it until she does. Vinaigrette vinaigrette is only good for salads. Ranch dressing is good for everything. Right. You know, if your steak's kind of dry. It's not a salad dressing. It's a a condiment. It's like it goes goes on every fucking thing. Exactly. Somebody called it a white man's ketchup, you know, and yeah. yeah. But I dig it, you know. Yeah. Like like I said, if you cook a steak, you overcook it, it's too dry. All right. Like uh, dip it in some ranch. It's good to go. So that's the ranch thing. Uh, Carolyn Hoshauder. Fucking ranch too. She's gonna buy fucking ranch, and I'm gonna fucking. You're gonna win. I sent her a good recipe, Joe. I sent her a good recipe for homemade (laughs) ranch. See, she doesn't mind making ranch. She said she'll make it, but no, I've I've got to get her to buy a bottle. That's the key. Yeah. Valley, Hidden Valley. Got to win this thing. (laughs) Show me your Hidden Valley, baby. We went to. (laughs) (laughs) We went to. uh, We went and uh, stayed with her dad and. new mom at the at he's got a lake house and they had a bottle of ranch waiting for me so those are good people <laughs> so they, they welcomed me in yeah, uh, i bet they didn't only had mild salsa i brought my own oh good man <laughs> <laughs> i know the farther north i go i have to bring my own salsa <laughs> Uh, Carolyn Hochschilder wants to know whose butt hurt is the least justified? People in the '90s in the OOs bitching about sequels, or people in the '10s bitching about remakes? When are these awful ghost story movies going to go away, and what will replace them? I feel like people today are a lot more butt hurt, especially about this Ghostbusters nonsense. Uh, those movies will go away once they stop making money. Yes. Uh, is, well, you know, the, the sequels and remakes both will go away when they stop making money. Well, right. I was going to say most of the horror remakes have dried up, but they're starting to make their way into other genres now. <laughs> but I totally agree about the ghost movies. People stop going to see Paranormal Activity 9, and, and the reason it is out there to begin with because it costs $40,000 to make. Mm-hmm. And that's well, the, the reason why. But sequels have always been a thing. It's just, yeah. you know, people latch on to movies and they think it's something sacred, but it's always been a thing. I mean, you're you're talking about like Killer Elite. I mean, only movie nerds like us would know that, hey, that was a movie in 75, 76, something like that. Yeah, I didn't uh, even know it was a remake, but now it makes me want to 
Go check out the remake, though. You know, I saw <laughs> Ben Hur as a kid and didn't realize until much later that yeah, that was a remake of a silent film. You mm. know, and fucking saw the f- silent film and it's holy shit, this is pretty fucking badass too. The yeah, good thing about fun. remakes is that it could make people seek out the original. Except you know, that, for the remake it... of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we've got some lousy shit out there. there there's no fucking. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't mind them, man. If I don't want to fucking see it, I just won't see it. Like all the comic book movies. I love comic books, but I don't want to see a lot of this shit. Well, see, I, I, I hate every one of the um, um, Friday the 13th, no, not Friday the 13th, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street sequels. I hate them all. I think they're all, they all suck, except for the, the uh, Dream Warriors soundtrack. <laughs> Dawkins. You, you Dawkins. Yep, Dawkins. But I love all of the Friday the 13th sequels. Yeah. Every one of them, every fucking one of them, even even the weaker ones, I love them all. So I don't know. I, I think re- remakes are more of a pain in my ass than sequels. Sequels I kind of get as long as they kind of change it up a little bit and move things around, which they did with the Friday the Thirteenth movies. Um, all they did was sort of like turn Freddy into this sort of like you know malicious clown kind of thing. They really didn't do anything with them interesting in the sequels, so they were kind of just. You know, cash grabs. Did you well, like the gonna... with the fat boys, though? <laughs> I was going to kind of say, I wonder, to uh, why some people hate sequels, like especially with Dimension films. They have a history of making sequels that have nothing to do with the original concept of the movies, where, like you were saying, Rodrigo, about Friday the 13th sequels, yeah. you love those. But, like, the prophecy sequels after part three. Oh. The Hellraiser sequels after part four. Um, just. Oh, shit, the Hellraiser sequels after part two. Yeah, well, yeah, but yeah. I'm just saying, he's, Dimension. He's, he's, he almost turns into Freddy Krueger in the third one, you know? Yeah, Dimension kind of, Films has, like, this history of just completely not caring what anybody even cares about and just making some of the shittiest movies of all time. And, oh, yeah. and I wonder if that's part of it, too. See, but why shit like that, and why does something like Star Wars get a pass? Why does everybody get so fucking excited and, you know, like, oh, yeah, I'm ready to go see this new Star Wars, you know, a new addition to this fucking shit that's, you know, James Bond is another one. You know, people just fucking go crazy over that shit. Well, I, I'll be honest, going into well, the... Star Trek? Yeah, it's Star going... Trek 2. Yeah, well, Star Trek Joe, as well, you know, and and I don't get excited when they're coming out like this new one. I'm gonna go watch it. I'm a fan, but I'm not like fucking raving about it or sharing the trailer or giving a shit. The first trailer looked like shit. It just looked like a big action movie. The second trailer I saw, eh, it's it looks a it little looks better. like a different movie now. Yeah, it looks like an entirely different movie. Yeah. But I'm not sure I've seen the second trailer. I'll have to watch but it. I'm not gonna like go crazy and say oh yeah this is what i've been waiting for Nah, i've not been waiting for this shit i have the shit that i love already you know and if they make more and they're good great if they don't yeah it's you know it's fine if they make shitty stuff man i'm cool with that too i don't care i was gonna say i with star wars i feel the same way that you do joe i was like i was happy with what was out there the sequel came out or the force awakenings awakens fine cool i enjoyed it but I wasn't gaga over it. Now, the Star Trek movies, I've always been a fan of the Star Trek movies. I'm not a fan of the show like you are. I have watched it. I don't dislike it. Just never got into it like I am into the Star Trek movies. And for one reason or another, 
I like what they're doing with the new Star Trek movies. It entertains me. Mm-hmm. I look at it as uh, popcorn movies for myself. Mm-hmm. This, the, it, more than anything. Is it Wrath of Khan Part 2? No, it isn't. But it's just I enjoy them enough that and I'm entertained. But I'm not going to go crazy. I won't I mean, go. See, and, and I dug that first uh, relaunch. I thought that was really, really good. And they did something to where they made, like, well, this is an alternate universe. So mm-hmm. they could pretty much write their own history. They could make a Star Trek for for the next generation of fans and stuff like that. And whether they pay attention to canon or not, like the old shit, that, that's up to them entirely. But, you know, they're not making this shit. For me, as shitty as that is, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's it. That, that's it. I, I'd rather hear you say that than people just going, "Oh, another Star Trek movie? Cool, I'm gonna go see that." Uh, you know, just there is those people. No matter what is made, they're going to see it. Right? Yeah. There's a uh, guy that came to my shop, and he was excited. What what came out? The Ninja Turtles, right? That came out this weekend? Yes. Yeah. So he was saying, oh, the last one was horrible. It was just so bad, but I'm going to go uh, tonight and watch this new one. Well, what the fuck for, man? I mean, if the last one was so bad and this one might have the same people behind it, I don't know. I didn't look into it, but why would you Why would you do that? You know, And that's just going to encourage the filmmakers to make more of the same. Because the of the Vanilla like. Ice promo? <laughs> Did you happen to catch that? No, I'm not a Turtles fan. Dude. Tom is. Tom is a co-host there, on the show. There, I there, there was some show that showed up, and somebody put the clip out there on Facebook last week to promote the new movie Vanilla Ice in the original uh, Turtles. The people like got the old costumes out, and they came out, and he started singing "Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go." Wasn't that little Karate Kid uh, one of them? Uh, Ernie Reyes Jr. Ernie Reyes, yeah. Was he in one of the suits? I couldn't stop laughing. I was like, now see, that might actually make me want to watch that movie five years from now. (laughs) I'll wait for DVD for that, man, because I'm not a fan of. It's the fucking Ninja Turtles. No, I I was going to say, I have no interest in that at all. Yeah. Moving on, Patricia Stevens wants to know, what TV shows did you and your family bond over? For my dad, it was Married with Children. For Grandma, it was Mama's Family. Hunter, awesome show. And oh, uh, good show. And A-Team. Her grandma was awesome. Yeah, Ooh, I didn't hang I'll out with to, her grandma. I'll have to stroll down memory lane for this shit. Uh, somebody else go on that. My, <laughs> my family never bonded over television. We always fought over who was going to watch what. <laughs> There was, never, I, there was never any mutual consensus. Like, oh, hey, it's time for, you know, whatever the fuck, MASH. You know, yeah. we, we never bonded over everything. I was always at odds with my brother over what we were going to watch. Um, no, but TV was just another um, another source of combat. Two, two TV shows that we always made sure we were home to watch. Number one was Jim Henson's Storyteller. Do you remember that series? Vaguely. Yeah. Hmm. That was yeah. one we had to be home on Sunday nights to watch. I have that here. Have yeah. They came out with a DVD set maybe 15 years ago. I picked that shit up. Yeah, I need to revisit those because I haven't seen them since I saw them as a kid. But I do remember that was must-see TV. And also Saturday nights, uh, Amazing Stories was really big. We love yeah. Amazing Stories. Remember that. What about you, Tim? 
I was going to say, Mom and me used to watch Dukes of Hazard, Incredible Hulk, back oh. way back in the day. Yeah. But later on, uh, Mom and me used to stay up late Saturday nights watching Friday Thirteenth the series. Me and my aunt used to stay up uh, and watch Sammy Terry. Oh, there you go. Well, I was going to say Chili Billy also, but yeah. I was leaving that out of there. Yeah. Yeah, that was. Uh, you mentioned it when I was a little kid. You know, I was, I was raised by a single parent. And, you know, my mom would let me stay up on Saturday nights to watch Chiller Theater. So we kind of bonded over that. You yeah. know, she let me stay up late to kind of keep her company on a Saturday night. So, yeah, Chiller Theater. I've always watched Chiller Theater with my mom. Yeah, exactly. I did, too. And it was great because I didn't have to bond with the whole family. She sent my brother and my sister to bed and let me stay up by myself. So it was kind of, you know, I'm the oldest, so I get this special thing, you know. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah, um, on Sundays, me and my dad would watch a uh, wide world of sports together, and especially if it was boxing. On, we nice. Watched, uh, we were big, uh, big boxing fans. And uh, hold on, Joe, mom, you're you're just a second. Hold on, you're fucking spazzing out big time. Wake up, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, these goddamn cats! Hang on a second, I have to beat a cat. <laughs> we go. Don't abuse animals on the show, please. I'm not abusing them. I'm just uh, helping them get their mind right. <laughs> Did we completely lose Joe? Or I hung up on him because oh. he, he went all fuzzy. Oh, yeah. you, you killed him. I did. Well, it, it, real quick, Kyle. I we had a uh, I had an email last week, and I forgot to get to it. The gist of it was. We now have another listener in the UK of the podcast. Awesome. And her name is Michelle. Her and her boyfriend apparently found my website the past couple of months going through all the reviews. They said they enjoy reading the reviews, but they said they, they were coming across the the links I always post for the Blood Bass and Boomsticks show. And they said they're not listening to them in any order, but they're like going right. around with them. Basically, the first thing they said was... A, they are glad that we got rid of Corey. Uh, <laughs> no comment. <laughs> B, th- did we really get rid of Corey, or did Corey just flake out? Yeah, true, very I mean, true. B, they they wanted to know if we could come up with even more obscure horror movie titles because they said they've list li- listened to tons of podcasts and. Nobody comes up with more obscure movies than we do, apparently, to them. But like that we make up or that actually exist? That actually exist. Ones that we cover on the show. Like okay. stuff that we bring up all the time. Just saying that we have watched. I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, anyhow, the last thing was uh, they loved our Magic the Gathering references. Oh, shit. Armor <laughs> Sarah Jessica Parker as the armor. Yes. They... <laughs> Her and her boyfriend wanted to know, is uh, Katy Perry a closet uh, Blood Bass and Boomsticks fan since she has a song about a war horse? (laughs) Yes. She probably, like, Katy Perry's probably like a howl from beyond. (laughs) X-Mana to make her shriek and cause that much more damage. You gotta tap Angel of Mercy and Two More Trees. Two more trees. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Um, the Armored War Horse was great. <laughs> Sir <laughs> Jessica Parker as the Armored War Horse. But yes, uh, I, that was the question I forgot to get to last week. I thought you would Awesome. That. Yeah, I forgot about the show. But Joe, finish your answer about the TV shows. You went fuzzy on us. Yes. Okay, uh, I was mentioning my dad and I watched uh, a lot of boxing together. Uh, that's when boxing wasn't a pay-per-view thing. It was like it was on TV. It would either yeah. be like a big event in the evenings on usually on CBS or it would be on uh, ABC during the day before but, uh, Mike Tyson like came in. Yeah, right before. Like, well, I think the the Hagler Leonard fight was yeah, the one that the changed 80s, everything. Yeah, back in the eighties, all the all the top bouts were on just regular broadcast TV back in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, my mom and I, well, actually the one that the whole family would watch was Beretta. (laughs) Wow. Oh, I grew up thinking Beretta was a badass and he was, he would fucking kill your ass, you know, in real life. I was going to say, Beretta is the wife killer, right? Uh, yes. I get him mixed up with that other dude, Berg. He, uh, well, I, I do have the first season of Beretta on DVD. I watched them, rewatched them again about ten years ago, and they're good. It's some good shit, man. So, who was? was good shit. I always like I always liked the characters that he would play. In fact, my favorite was Ragtime Billy Peaches. Why is that not a wrestler? <laughs> Billy Peaches would be the he had these he had these street personas like Batman yeah, matches Malone. He would go out there and be. Is he Fletch? What the shit? Yeah. Oh. Ragtime Billy Peaches was my favorite Beretta undercover persona. That's the goddamn greatest name I think I've ever fucking heard. <laughs> Watch some Beretta, man. You'll be impressed. Yeah, Beretta is a bad program, huh? I've never yeah, seen it. I, actually, I didn't bomb with my family over that one, but that was what all my my uh, little uh, my little buddies in uh, middle school and early high school years. We would always go to school the next day and say, "Hey, man, did you see Beretta last night?" <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, and I think as a kid too, I wanted one of those fucking hats that he would wear. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Thought it'd make me look tough or something. I still probably would have got beat up a lot, but uh... <laughs> yeah, I would have gotten beaten up even more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And my hat would have got stolen. Yeah. Oh, I just looked up back. I uh, just uh, looked up ragtime Billy Peaches on Google Image Search, <laughs> and I guess uh, it's got a picture. Of Meg Foster was on Beretta once. Uh, I thought you were going to say it's a new porn star or something. No, Ragtime Billy Peaches is just the greatest fucking name I've ever heard in my life. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. Ragtime uh, Billy Peaches. When uh, X-Files... Season, season one, episode six, as a matter of fact. <laughs> <laughs> Did he just, like, hit the streets with, like, one of those straw hats? And, and well, he needed info, man. He needed, Did he look you like know. a barbershop quartet or some shit? You know, and and I, I think... It the boosted the sale of Pocketail uh, <laughs> birds throughout the nation. <laughs> Beretta. Look, yeah. my, my aunt had a fucking parrot forever. I can't recommend parrots. Don't ever get a fucking... They're gross. They're just disgusting and they make your house smell. Oh, they're birds not, entirely. Birds are yeah. They're not supposed to be pets. Yeah. For a reason. Um... And my mom and I would watch uh, the first season, at least, of The X-Files. When that first came on, we were nice. to the TV and watched that together. I okay. remember when that was on. That was when, uh, before the wife and I were married, <clears throat> we'd go out Friday nights. I'd come home, and that would be the first thing i do is 
what put my VHS tape that I recorded it on, I would watch that episode. Yeah. Yeah. I was still in high school, I think, or maybe like late junior high when that came on. I was usually grounded for some reason or another. So. I was going to say, that was high school for me, yeah. Yeah. Next next for you guys? Uh, senior year for me. Man, I'm old. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I think I was in junior high when it started. Quast, you're just beautiful. You're never old to me. I was in my 30s. <laughs> <laughs> but you knew Ragtime Billy Peaches. Ragtime Billy Peaches. <laughs> we were watching the same shit, Quast. Yeah. yeah. Archie uh, Bunker, we would watch uh, All in the Family. That was another one that... All, that, uh, all those family fun- would watch. Man, that all those mama's family, all in the family, they just seemed to be on in the background everywhere you went somewhere. Yeah. My grandma and fucking mama's family. Jesus Christ. Well, before we, before there was like such thing as syndication was like a big word. Those shows played constant on a lot of the cable channels and a lot of like, you know, the foxes and you know before everybody had 400 channels and had the internet those those shows would play like six o'clock in the evening for two hours straight yeah if you went to my grandma's house which i did because you know we got babysit by my grandma every once in a while because my parents worked second shift it was we had to watch all of the family then goddamn either maude <laughs> or stinking mama's family and the lawrence welk show <laughs> the Lawrence Welk show could some fun, man. I grew up on that shit, man. The guy, I'll tell you what, Rodrigo, you might, I don't know his name, Jack. His name's Jack something. That's our big, that's our big claim to fame. Our town, our town is so small. Was it that, that, that pretty blonde who sang in the baritone voice? No, I don't know. He played the xylophone on Lawrence Welk show and his name was Jack. That's our claim to fame. Our little town's claim to fame. You're talking about Ric Flair, Quast. Oh, okay. I think you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's our big claim to fame. Never mind that uh, we produced the singer that took over for the fuck drowning pool. (laughs) Uh, He's a cool dude. We used to go see his band play in high school all the time, but I can't condone drowning pool. Sorry. This other band, Soil, was pretty good. Dude, channels had to fill up time, especially when they stopped going off the air at, like, midnight or 11.30. Like, that's what, like, Taxi used to play constantly after Chiller Theater. That's what would play after that. That's a good show. That's a good show. Chiller Theater was gone, like, they, it would just be, like, the news, Taxi, and something else would be on, like, Channel 11. Fucking Hogan's Heroes all the time. Yeah, that used to play a lot, too. But, I mean, it's, it's no different than, like, when Nickelodeon started Nick at Night, like, Way back in the day, Nick at night, like they didn't have anything to put on there, so it'd be five hours of laughing. Dick Van Dyke, Nick oh. at night. Yeah, we watched a lot of uh, now that you bring up those sitcoms that were out. Uh, WKRP. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. Mork and Mindy. Uh, I remember they tried to do a spinoff of Mork and Mindy. Yes, about they an did. Angel that was just absolute really? shit. And I remember my dad, like, getting pissed, and he was already drunk as shit, as he usually was in the evenings. And, you know, it, it was good that he was pissed at the show and not at us for some reason. But, but it was just like that fucking spinoff just really pissed him off. And it was bad. Even as a kid, I knew it was bad. This is the one with Remo and his sister. 
I don't know. It wasn't like an angel that came to live with a family. Yeah, I think that was it. I think that the character's Remo. Remo Williams? The, no. Remo, the Remo character in Mork and Mork and Mindy. Can we just get a show with Mork and uh, the, the Reverend from Taxi and Ragtime Billy Peaches? Ragtime <laughs> <laughs> Billy best. Peaches. That would be the best show ever. Um, uh, we, we have a last question here, Kyle, and this is an important one. Um, it's from this uh, beautiful man named Rodrigo Quast. He wants to know, do I need to worry about the blood in my stool? <laughs> I gotta ask, based on that question, explain to us the shit you're drinking tonight. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, that didn't... I don't know what that was. It sounded good, but I agree with them. You're gonna have mud butt. Go with a, like a bayou theme here tonight. So I got, um... Oh, shit. <laughs> you just had a heart attack. I got bayou bootlegger uh, hard root beer. And I got... Bayou, Bayou brand Satsuma, basically a really shitty orange flavored rum, and I'm mixing it with with hard root beer. Oh, you're gonna be hurting tomorrow, dude. Like, is it's, it like a triple sack or something? No, it's it's a, a Satsuma or it's a really nasty, almost <laughs> fake orange flavored, uh, locally produced rum. I wanted to go local tonight, so, you know, anything that's got the word Bayou and it automatically implies <laughs> Southern Louisiana. So I'm calling it a Bayou bootlicker, and it's a hard root beer and orange-flavored rum, or Satsuma orange-flavored or orange-flavored rum. Satsuma is like a type of citrus fruit grown exclusively in Louisiana, I suppose. Had you had either of these before? Uh, no, I have not. But uh, actually, it's not as horrible as it sounds. Plus, I'm, I'm, I'm alternating between these and just shots of bourbon and uh, uh, bottles of Stella Artois. Wow. Here's that show, Joe, out of the blue. See, I would I would totally be doing this, by the way, even if I weren't doing the podcast. I would be, <laughs> it's like, you know, this is all I really have to do for the next couple of weeks. Hey, You're exactly right, yeah. Kyle. That's what it was called. I only watched the one episode, the pilot Out of episode. the Blue, starting, starring Jimmy Brogan and Dixie Carter. Dixie Carter was in it. Wow. Yeah. Out of the Blue? Yeah. Is that what it was? That's what it was called. Okay. Wow. And another show that's just on the side here is uh, It Is Enough. My mom yeah. was obsessed with that show, and I fucking hated it. That show was fucking terrible. Yeah, it was a bad show. I just fucking hated it. That was on for a long time. There wasn't even like a Marsha Brady to lust after on that show. Like all the all the sisters were kind of dumpy. Yeah, you know. I think that show was made primarily so they could have uh like more people for their Battle of the Network stars. It's like, all right, we already got eight people here that can. Now that was a goddamn TV show, man. You get (laughs) Linda Carter on there and those skimpy ass fucking bathing suits, swimming and shit. God, why don't they do Battle of the Network stars anymore? They're fucking great. Lee Majors would come on there and throw the shot put. Fuck yep. Goodness. And they, they ran that shit all through the 80s because I remember even uh, when uh, Selleck was big, fucking Magnum, uh, he was on on one of them too. Yeah. Goddamn. Lee Majors, the fall guy, was was big in my house too. But anyway, the I digress. <laughs> the fall guy was the shit. That was my A-team. If I was Elvira John, was on an episode. Who what? Roddy Piper was? Elvira. Yep. On one yes, of the Halloween episodes. Yep. Uh, I don't remember that. That sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. It's one of the few episodes I watched. Uh, 
Shit. How could you not watch that? Yeah. Chips. <laughs> we didn't we didn't get chips. chips. I remember watching chips. By the way, I thought you were kidding about the t-shirt. God Was damn. not kidding. Oh, that actually has a chips, a chips t-shirt on the website now. A roller disco disco chips t-shirt. When did chips go roller disco? They went up roller disco for two episodes, baby. Yeah. Yes, everybody went roller yeah. disco probably like in 1980. When Eric Estrada wasn't kung fu fighting people, you know, to maintain his street cred. <laughs> he's he's got to keep up with ragtime Billy Beaches, for Christ's sake. Yeah. <laughs> he got to work that beat hard. Beretta was actually a good show. Chips is just fucking ridiculous. He so what did they do? Did they just, like, give up their motorcycles and don fucking roller skates? Yeah, there was some shit going down at the roller disco, and they had to go in there and go undercover. Man, was Olivia Newton-John involved in somehow? No, maybe Linda Blair. I don't know. Oh, man, either or. Yeah. <laughs> or, uh, what's her nuts? Um, Billie Jean. Can't think of her name off the top of my head. Well, going back to that documentary uh, that I told you about Kitty Diddlin in Hollywood. Oh, don't say she was involved. No, no, it started out by showing the very special episode of A Different Strokes where Gordon Jump from WKRP is like trying to to molest – no, Arnold. (laughs) I thought he diddled Dudley. He's trying to to get Arnold. It it didn't show the whole episode, and I don't remember it all that well. Dirty. He might have got Dudley. Who fucking knows? Dudley, Dudley deserved it. I feel yeah. like it's okay. Dudley was a fuck up anyway. <laughs> that goddamn old woman too. <laughs> he was the fucking Larry Mondello to uh, to Arnold. <laughs> Larry Mondello. <laughs> Somebody fucking mention Art Lafleur in this episode, please. <laughs> Larry Mondello. Anyway, let's get on with it. I told you guys to bring up some topics. Who wants to go first? I need to go get two beers first. Okay, so. we'll take a fucking break because I got to pee too. We'll be right, <laughs> right back. Don't go to bed with no price on your head. You can't do the time Making it into the show for sure. Keep your eye on the sparrow, baby. For sure, that's making it into the show. 
Don't do the crime if you can't do the time. Oh, welcome back, everybody. We've all peed and freshly emptied our bowels. We took our Larry Mondellos, if you will. And, yes. we, di- um, and we discussed Robert Forrester and Beretta. <laughs> yeah, Robert Forrester is not Beretta. He is very good. Else. No. Okay. I got to get that through my head. Robert Blake. Robert Blake and Robert Forrester, two different people. Okay. Um, now, if I can only get, like, situated the Eli Roth, um, shit, Dane Cook, Ryan Reynolds. Uh, they're all the same person, right? <laughs> Eli Roth, Dane Cook, and Ryan Reynolds are all the same guy. That's yeah. my theory, I think. Anyway, that went nowhere. Um, I told you guys to show up with the fucking some questions and some topics, so who wants to go first? I'm going to make mine up as I go. <laughs> as I usually do. But well, I do you have got a question. I do have a question. Okay. Go then, uh, Tim. I, I was just wondering. Uh, I know everybody likes to say, well, 90s horror. That is. And I even said it at one point, but I've. You know, have turned my mind around on that. That 90s horror was bad. I mean, some of it was real bad. But I was just wondering, because my personal opinion, I think horror movies, it's been in the last five years, has been awesome. The state of horror has been awesome. I was just wondering if you guys feel the same way. Has it gotten better or has it gotten worse in the past five years, the state of horror? Hmm. I'll let somebody else go first. I'd say it's gotten better, uh, mainly because... There's so much out there that we can watch. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. I mean, shit comes to us instantly. We, you know, if you want to like digitally download something, you know, on demand or whatever, you have the choice to see it. Uh, but with that comes a lot of shit, you know, just, just like we talked about in any, any kind of, uh, whether it's music, books, uh, fucking <laughs> magazines, anything, there's as much. Yeah, you've always got to you've always got to sort through a mountain of shit to get to the field. field yeah, field. I was gonna say, no matter what decade it yeah. is, you can always point to something and say yeah. this. And like Drew said, because of uh, uh, digital accessibility, there's a lot more to choose from, so you have to dig that much harder to find those uh, those jewels in the shit pile. You know. But what's good about now is that's why that... we have Tim Gross, though. Yeah, exactly. Yes. I say that every time I'm on the show. This is why we have Tim Gross. So he watches the movies, so you don't have to. Is that with the accessibility of of uh, social media, we have so many like-minded friends that will point us in the direction of something that's good or that they thought was good. And if we know them well enough to know their tastes, we can think, well, if they liked it, I might like it, so I'll give it a chance. So that that's how I've watched a lot of movies lately, just based on somebody else talking about it. Mm-hmm. And that's why I've been talking about stuff. You know, I'll post like, hey, I'm watching this, and whether I like it or not, like. Earlier today, like I'm watching Happen Len and let's see where it goes. And fuck, I liked it. So I hope just based on that link, other people will like pick up on it, want to watch it. And, and it's, it's, I think it's a good time, man. I think it's a real good time. It, but it, it depends on what kind of horror you're into. If you're into really brutal, nasty, slashy, you know, you know, gut wrenching, you know, um, over the top visceral horror, then, you know, that, that seems to be fading a little bit. What but, about Dick uh, Shark? <laughs> <laughs> we got Shark Exorcist coming. Yes, comes out. I believe. I think the horror is probably as good now as it's been in the last twenty years because I see a lot of movies that are really trying to do something different. 
Yes. You know, I, yeah. I, there's a, like it follows. It's one of the coolest movies I've seen. Ooh, I can't uh, agree with you on that one. I agree with you on that, but I agree with you. I know I'm really split on that one. I'm not going to argue the relative merits, but at least that's something that I haven't seen before. You know what I mean? I haven't really seen that that premise. That's actually next on my list to watch. Okay, you know, it's just it's just that I I see more fresher premises coming out than that I've seen before, and even if you do see a Let's let's take the, the the tropes of an old werewolf movie like like late phases. We've mm-hmm. never seen a werewolf movie like that that was involved a blind old man yeah. defending yes. a, defending an, a retirement community against werewolves. Come on, we've never seen that before. Yeah, it, uh, it, even even whenever you are rolling out these sort of like traditional kind of like horror things, people are trying to do something a little bit different with it. Uh, whether it's successful or not, you know, it depends on your. Your, you know, particular taste. Like, you know, some people didn't like it. Follows. I fucking loved it. Um, some people liked that shitty Jim Jarmusch um, vampire movie. I thought it was the, the big fucking snooze fest. But at least they were trying something a little bit different. With you're talking about only lovers left alive. Oh God, yeah. What a just that fucking that movie's a lullaby with vampires. Say, I haven't watched that, but the like no, Byzantium, I, I thought was was incredible. Uh, this anthem was a beautiful movie, but it wasn't a frightening movie. You know, what right. I mean, it wasn't but like, there's, a, like like you're saying, there, there's all kinds of tones of horror, and it really depends on what you're into. Because, that, uh, the, like, the, I love the witch. I was glad it got theatrical release, but I know a lot of people that hated it. You know, because my it girlfriend, is, uh, <laughs> yeah. I didn't get, it didn't light me up the way that it said some people, but it was just so refreshing to see some new theme or some new approach to horror that I haven't seen a million times before. You know. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a great time, man. People are, are are really trying to do something different, and I a lot of the things that I find really appealing are these sort of like lower key, slower burn kind of thing. Okay. It's not hammering you over the top with guts and gore, you know. It's it's more of a tension kind of th- kind of thing than anything else. And I know a lot of people that fucking hated the movie Babadook. I know as many people that hate it that loved it, but again, that that was something that something out of a child's nightmare that was more of an exploration of like. You know, the stress of being a single parent is a horror thing. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. You know? So Man, I, I can relate to that I, fucking I love, stress. I love the fact that, the, yeah, I know, you know, I was raised by a single parent, and I saw that kind of psychosis on my own mom. You know, I was the cause of most of it. But, um, yeah, that's just it. I think I think that the, the, the horror movies that are coming out now, I, th- I think it's one of the, the best eras of horror in the last 20 years. But not just in, in film. I mean, we've got, like, all these television shows that are oh, out there. We were just talking about Slasher. Uh, I was a little... Between the, between the superhero programs and the horror programs, if if I was, like, the same age now that, that, I, was, that I was when Kolchak was on TV, I would never, never, ever leave the house because I would be glued to the TV set because of this just abundance of horror and superhero-themed TV shows that are on right now. Well, uh, comic books. You know, uh, there's a shitload of comic books. There's a shitload of novels. You know, uh, like like uh, film, novels have gone small press and self-published. So there's a lot of good shit out there now, but it, it's just the waiting around through this stuff and, and finding out what other people like and getting those recommendations to, to so, find it. Why, why you got to rely so much on social media now to get recommendations from like-minded people? Yeah, well, I think that's the key. 
I'm just really fortunate that I already have, like, most of my friends are into the same stupid shit that I'm into, so I don't have far to go to get recommendations, you know? Yeah, I mean, I do. I don't have a whole lot of people that live around me that that I talk to about uh, about entertainment. You know, when I talk to them, it's about practical shit or whatever, and that's why I don't talk to too many people out here. So, for me, social media is a boom uh, to to get recommendations for this. There's also like a shitload of horror themed video games. There's it's a great fucking time for horror. Uh, yeah, not video games though. Now, did you play the one that uh, Larry Fessenden wrote? Larry Fessenden wrote a, wrote a video game. Oh yeah. yeah, and it's it's I would like it, but I don't think that's a video game. I think it's like a movie that you can. Well, it plays it. off as a movie, yeah. but you do control it. But there's a lot more control in it than there is, uh, like say the PC games where you just like you want to do this or you want to do that. You want to yeah. go left or right. You know, there's, there's a whole lot to, of control to that. Been meaning to borrow it off of Josh, but I just haven't got around for around. And like the rest of uh, Fessen and stuff, there's yeah, sort of I, Wendigo type thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, yeah, I think it's pretty. It's look, it's not the eighties. We'll never get the eighties back again, and that's okay because there was such a glut of stuff that come out in the eighties that you'll never ever, unless you're Tim Gross, you'll never ever like sort through it. And you'll still find gems. But yeah, I think Rodrigo's right. That's the kind of say something about me. You watch every <laughs> fucking thing. Yeah, some stuff, you know, uh, the ant farm dick hole. I don't think I need to see that. Well, that kind of stuff. You, I mean, I, I mean, I'll put it this way. I'll just let Tim tell me if I need to watch. No that. offense, that kind of stuff, and I, I, I respect that dude. I understand what he's doing. But once you've seen one or two of those movies, that's pretty much every movie he does. Okay. You're not. It's it's not Bigfoot versus zombies from the Polonia Brothers. No, and thanks for the pre-warning that uh, Amityville Death House is a Polonia Brothers joint. Thank you for the warning. <laughs> I feel like I needed a warning for that one, but I got a I got a topic. I watched these movies a couple weeks ago. Watched the first two because, like a lot of the horror movie franchise that aren't Freddy and Jason. Uh, there's probably arguably two or three good ones, and the rest are crap. I watched the Amityville Horror, the original and the sequel. What do you does it? Do you guys think that takes away from the movie now that knowing all the stuff is completely fucking horseshit made up? Do you something like that happens? Then do you like go well? Fucking, I like that movie until that happened. Well, if, if I if I re- I read the book before I saw the first movie, right? Well, that, I read the book, but yeah, I'd seen the yeah, movie. Yeah, I, I mean, I read the book when it kind of first came out in the early seventies, whatever, you know. And it, I, I gotta say that that book scared the crap out of me. I I read that book when I was twenty two. Yeah, if I read if, and, I, yeah. if I if I read it now for the first time, knowing that most of it was horseshit, it would still send a chill up my spine. I don't think it really takes away from the the premise as you know as a, as a theme for horror. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, most most almost all, the, the basis of almost all horror movies are bullshit. You know. Well, this was supposed. This was actually put yeah. out there so as trailers. There aren't really zombies. There aren't really, you know, all this shit. You know, I, I, I don't think knowing that it was not true takes takes away from its impact as a horror as you know as a horror novel or a horror movie. Well, no, this well, it was put out as like fact. Like they maintain well, this. Oh, yeah. Well, so was uh, Texas Chainsaw. 
Massacre, you know, it has that whole preference that like this is based on true events and everything. I mean, mm-hmm. but that was that was part of the gimmick back then. It's still a gimmick that's used now. You know, of course now they it's have to be a lot more careful with that. But no, it did never rob my enjoyment. Thinking, no, this is bullshit. Uh, I like the Conjuring. I know a lot of people don't take that flick. Yeah, that was my next example. Yeah, I think it's a good flick. Uh, and people like now are all upset. Oh, these people are are full of shit. Yeah, no, no shit, they're full of shit. And no shit, this is just fucking make believe bullshit. You know. <laughs> but so what? It was like a an entertaining movie for me. Okay. <laughs> I just that that those two specific movies, not not the second one, but the first one, knowing that that's all horseshit, kind of fucking takes the takes the fucking gusto out of it for me. I can't point to many more than that, but just that one. I mean, I used to, I really like that, and now I'm just realizing, you know, in the as it's come out, that every those George and Kathy Lutz. We're in it with that Jay Anson who wrote the book, and it was all just a fucking sham. Kind of takes the fucking gusto out of it for me. Anyway, somebody else go. Or uh, don't. <laughs> recent, recently, uh, or just today, uh, I read something called Stan Lee Presents Green Lantern. So in the 90s or maybe early 1000s, they did a thing where Stan Lee wrote treatments for – DC's major characters. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys remember this, but Ooh. they're all fucking horrible. They are just shit. Shit writing. It's just fucking ridiculous. Only saving grace, like on this one, uh, Dave Gibbons did the art, who is the artist for Watchmen and a whole bunch of other shit, but most known for Watchmen. Uh, and it just leads me to question, what are your guys' thoughts on Stan Lee? Just in general. P.T. Barnum on the comics industry. You got it. Yeah, yeah, they, uh, that pretty much. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, that, that's even better. And, and and you're right too, Carl. Uh, uh, Kyle. Carl. 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 <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> Can we shoot him? Dead, Carl. Kid from Walking Dead. <laughs> Can I be the guy from Blood Diner instead? It ain't got no gas in it. Um uh, <laughs> Yeah, I used to always call him the uh, uh, the trauma guy. Who's the trauma guy? Come on, Tim. Lloyd, Lloyd Kaufman. The, yeah, the Lloyd Kaufman of comic books. It's yeah. all hokum. Yeah, he, you know, I I have co- conflicts with him because he doesn't stand up for the guys that created all this shit. And I know he wants to. There's been interviews where you know he's like busting out to say some shit. There's a good documentary on Steve Ditko that you can find on uh, on YouTube, Ooh, and he's that he wants to say, yeah, Steve Ditko created Spider-Man. He's the guy that fucking came up with him, but you know he kind of backtracks a little, and I think he has to just you know for contractual obligations and because he's paid gobs of money by Marvel. But fuck, man! I mean, he really look who's the who's the who's the uh... Really, who's the fucking figurehead and who's the master? Uh, yeah. Like, is it Jack Kirby? Uh-oh. Fucking, um, Stan Lee. Jack Kirby's the magic behind the throne. Come on. Right. Yeah, but uh, Jack Kirby would have never been the guy that, like, hey, true believers and shit like that. You know, he would have yeah. created 
the P.T. Barnum aspect that, that you just said, you know, the, the flim-flam that it needed and caught a shit place at that time. You know, but, I mean, I could never see, you know, I luckily met Stan Lee uh, as a kid before they were charging for autographs and shit like that. So I'm glad to have done that. But now I, I can't see myself paying like 100 bucks, 50 bucks, even 20 uh, for his autograph. For a Stan Lee photo op? That right. dude doesn't need it. He seems like a good dude. I like him. He seems like everybody's grandpa. Yeah, I mean, he seems like, yeah, like he'd be an alright guy and he'd, you know, treat you like that. I just, I've got really fucking conflicted feelings on it, you know? <laughs> Cause I want these other guys that did all this shit to get their due. Yeah. You know? It's, you know, Jack Kirby's gone. He's dead, but Steve Ditko is still like, you know, but he's a weird dude to begin with. Wasn't it just a couple years ago they finally settled the fucking, uh, like, who owns the rights to Superman and finally got paid? Kinda. Yeah. Kinda. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't get much, but. That's still in litigation too, because they, they, you know, the. They even bring that up in the Death of Superman documentary. But still, it's like, what the fuck did these people do? These are, these are people two generations removed. You know, and I have a whole, they're just, they're whole fucking different thing with copyright law. It's like, yeah, that shit should end after a certain time, and it should be public domain. Yeah. You know, Superman should be in public domain. Fucking Mickey Mouse should be in public domain. But they've got enough money to keep it wrapped up in courts and keep on changing shit, you know. Tough shit. Oh, fuck, I don't know. <laughs> That's a whole different thing that I can go on for hours and hours on. Yeah. Anyway, you got anything, Rodrigo? <laughs> Yeah, kind of. It kind of ties into the stuff we've been talking about. I had a unique experience at uh, Texas Frightmare Weekend, which oh. I, which by the way, I had a great fucking time. Probably one of the best shows I've ever been to. And I was and, so uh, glad to go down there, man. Yeah, man. I was so so happy. To, and I want to thank Joe again for his hospitality. Joe's a rock star at this goddamn thing, and he introduced me to a lot of really cool people and fed me lots of delicious meats. Oh, Jesus it a, Christ! That it was a wonder, it was a wonderful. But I had a, I had a unique experience there that I've never had at any other show. But where where the, the people that were selling um, DVD and Blu-ray there were actual, the actual distributors of the product, and, and I'm so used to going to horror conventions where I'm like digging through piles of like orphan media or out of mm -hmm. stuff, mm -hmm. trying to find kind of these lost treasures that that I've only ever heard about, and never seen. And here at, at, at Texas Frightmare Weekend, we have guys that are serving up these beautiful Blu-ray treatments of, like, really obscure, like, yeah. uh, uh, exploitation movies. A, a movie that I never would have expected to get a decent Blu-ray treatment, a movie, a, like a B-sploitation movie called Bees with John Saxon and Angel Pumpkins. And, and it's, it's weird that it, it, I'm kind of conflicted. On one hand, I really missed being that connoisseur of the orphan media trying to find all this obscure shit on like like bootleg DVDs or or, or you know th things that are burned from old VHS copies versus having them handed to you on a silver platter basically by these companies that are unearthing them and cleaning them up and putting them out on these gorgeous blu-ray blu-ray treatments I, I, it kind of takes as much as glad as I am to have those things in such pristine condition it kind of takes some of the pleasure of finding these things away from me because I don't have to, I don't have to dig for them anymore. I see where you're coming from. Yeah, I know what you're talking so, about. I mean, so how do you feel with that? It's like, does for, I'm going to throw it out there. Does 
does Nail Gun Massacre deserve a two disc Blu ray DVD treatment? You know, always. Don't you know what's coming? Does Spookies deserve deserve a Blu ray? A 30-year anniversary Blu-ray? I was going to say, honestly, Nailgun Massacre, no. It's gotten its treatment. And even before Synapse put that version out, Terry Lofton, with his own money, came up with a version of the film and did his own commentary and sold it himself through, like, NailgunMassacre.com or something like that quite a few years ago. Lloyd Cryer of Texas Frightmare Weekend owns the rights to it now, and they put out the last edition that came out. Yeah, see, I'm just it, when it comes to that stuff, like where you know there isn't much more stuff that can be on it. Mm-hmm. That's what bothers me. Is what, when, about, what about what about taking it out of sort of like this vague area of it's not quite public domain, but the licensing is kind of like in this gray area where some slob, say me, for example can take this movie and, and run like a little film festival at a local theater without really having to worry about who to pay for licensing or, or, but now there, there are clearly there are the rights to, to uh, show these things in a theater format are clearly owned by somebody. Well, I'm probably going to have to take myself out of this discussion just based on what I do for a living. <laughs> yeah, I get you. But, but, uh, but I see what you're saying on on the movie aspect of like uh, one thing that that blew me away when I started going to uh, conventions that were farther north. Like say the first one I did uh, in Kentucky, I was not used to seeing all the people with the bootleg tables there. That that just like and I've got no problem with it. I really don't. I think everything should be fucking up for grabs i have like a totally different view on like oh well i own this i own that that's like you know when i draw something or or make something i don't give a fuck you know put it out there for everybody if somebody wants to swipe it do whatever fucking do so i don't i don't give a shit uh i'm more on the artistic aspect of it than the financial end but i you know i understand a lot of these people drop their savings into this or that so you know i get that too but I don't, I'm, I'm real conflicted on a lot of that, but but some of these companies that you're talking about, Quas, like I picked up copies of like say Pigs or like Blue Ice. Yeah. Uh, there's another one called Sex World I picked up on Blu-ray. But how many other people aside from us that are like really fucking hungry from that shit are gonna are gonna like go after it? You know, the common person. Yeah, Code Red has got rights to a movie called The Farmer. Which Do is- they? Yeah. Are you sure? Well, <laughs> or trust anything, Code Red, dude. Well, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say. See where I'm going with yeah. this. They claim to have rights for it. They claim to have a clean, like a digitally restored master copy of this movie, but they're refusing to release it on the basis that they're not going to make them. Whatever, like a million fucking dollars off. That, that guy's fucking, that's his hook, man. He's yeah, and it's like every conversation I've had with this guy has been kind of the same. He just comes across as, I'm, you know, I'm not going to like shit talk anyone here on your show, but the conversations I had with the guy from Arrow, uh, the guy, conversation I had with the guy from Vinegar Syndrome, the guy, the guy from Severin, who I know is a friend of Joe's, I had fantastic conversations with all these guys. You're all yeah. good people, all of them. Yeah. They're really in this because they really care about. Yeah. You know, and they don't care. They don't seem to care that they're only going to sell 100 copies of something. They just want to save it 
uh, and put it out there so that people like, you know, the handful of people that might be interested in it are going to have like the best copy they can get their hands on. Mm-hmm. But I guess my original point was it kind of does take a little bit away from the fun of like really having to dig hard for this stuff and, you know, the, the, the thrill of the hunt basically. Because now uh-huh. you're basically giving it handed to you on a silver platter. Well, if it wasn't people at the uh, at conventions, you know, you've got Cinemageddon doing that too. So, I mean, I'm kind of glad. I've I've seen stuff that I I've only heard about, and I've got it off the internet or from dudes at conventions. And when I'm I see, so, not gonna lie, I'm thrilled shitless that I have a beautiful, beautiful Blu-ray copy of Dolomite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fuck yeah, man. Thank you, Vinegar Syndrome. This, this thing, you know, this the picture on this is so sharp you can cut yourself on it, you know? It's just, yeah, Vinegar Syndrome just, and, and I, I picked up a handful of uh, LS Blutation classics from the guy from Severin. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know, Arrow is actually the one that's putting out all this this pinky violence stuff that I talked about earlier in the show. They're, they're gonna, you know, and they're, they're continuing to put this stuff out. I don't know. Like I said, I don't have despite despite the, the potential audience for this stuff. They're putting it out regardless, See, which is why which is why I would like to take a hot shit on that guy from Code Red. You're not the only one. That guy's he's basically pulled this shit with everybody that likes this type of stuff, and everybody knows he's kind of a. It pissed me off with Savage Streets. Oh, man, which time? The first or second time or the third time? The, the first – well, I'm just saying the first that's, time when I thought we were thing. finally it's getting little... what we've all wanted, and within two days, all of a sudden, you couldn't get it. Yeah, and, that's, like, that's like the jewel in the crown of Blair's exploitation films. And that one pissed me off, and literally I was at the point – I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm on purposely going to go buy a bootleg and not care. Yeah. It just that kind of stuff pisses me off, but yeah, but like the, the guy from Code Red is actually exploiting the audience. He's not like right, one of right. us. He's he's you know, and and that's the major difference there. And you can tell the people that are doing it for money, yeah. and the people that that really really love it. You know, look for uh, every for every bill from Code Red. Thank God there's a Don May Junior out there. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say Synapses, their packages. Are awesome. Yeah, they've been nothing but good. And I've already said on record, I said, yeah, there's a few DVDs they've put out over the years. I've always found pricey, but yeah. there is mm-hmm. there is some stuff they have out there, uh, movie and just extras wise that's on with that movie is ridiculous and it's great. And like I just uh, what was the one I just watched recently? Sorceress Blu-ray. Oh man, I, 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 the Linda Blair one, not the good one. Yeah, the Linda Blair one that's named Temp- Temptress. Oh, and that one. It, it's the movie. Yeah, is not that good. But I am here to tell everyone there is a reason to buy this film. I laughed my balls off at the commentary between Winorski and Tom Savini. And Tom Savini might have been – that might have been the one time Savini might have been his best ever because – Yes, he showed a sense of humor. Oh, as soon as the movie opens up and Julie Strain's about to take off her clothes, he's just like, is that a man? <laughs> and it just went from there to the point within five minutes when Norsky isn't even talking about the movie anymore. 
they start discussing what today's porn is like compared to yesteryear's porn. And Savini is like, this is something it should be on Showtime. Two words, pubic hair. Yeah. And they get into this, like, big conversation. We don't get uh, 70s disco jungle bush anymore. That's too bad. And it's just, it was, it's stuff like this that I enjoy Synapse films. Um, Like I said. And even before before that, the stuff from Blue Underground is when I first started scarfing up all this obscure. Yeah. You know, Lustig's got his fans and foes too, but uh, yeah, they're the first ones I really remember putting this stuff out on a routine basis of all this crap that I just loved when I was a kid and all of a sudden mm-hmm. I can buy it on DVD. Holy fuck. Mm-hmm. And I love all these companies now. They're showing up at conventions. I bought so much shit. I, I dropped like all the money I had. At the last uh, whorehound on the set. Well, that's, uh, that's where I spent all my money. At yeah. Texas oh, I left Texas Frightmare Weekend with like 30 DVDs of Blu-rays. Yeah, I came with bags full of shit from there. Se- Severin was cutting me deals, man, at that fucking... He cut, he cut me a nice deal because I told him I was a friend of T-Shirt Joe's. <laughs> yeah. yep. Name drop. Fucking always name drop. And, I liked, and the other bootlegger you know guy that was there, he was super cool. I got some stuff off of him that I didn't even know existed. Like The Jerk Part 2. <laughs> through balls too and that guy i wish i kicked myself in the ass of not like i don't know if he'd had a problem with it but i wanted to take pictures of his table because like i wanted to know these titles and he he had like he had pretty much like what out of print dan has yeah times 10 Damn. i mean he had two tables at whorehound and some of the shit he had and and with this stuff there's still work to be done there's and I picked up a lot of independent shit from the Unearthed Films table, Tim, so I'll those be watching some of the great. films that, that you watch. <laughs> so, yeah. Because I make shirts for those guys, too, so I picked up a lot of the shit that I make shirts for and have never seen. Those guys do a fucking awesome uh, Halloween all-night fucking thing in Philadelphia. I've always wanted to go, but they've got videos of it up on YouTube. They look like they just have a fucking blast. Well, shit. Anybody else got anything? I do. I mean, I, I wanted to say there's more work to be done with this DVD and Blu-ray stuff. I think the jump from Blu-ray to DVD was about I, – I, I think they pushed Blu-ray a little bit too much. I mean, DVD, I'm well, not an audiophile or cineophile or anything, but it, it's just the same to DVD as me. But there's yeah. still to be done. I would love to see, and I'm not sure it exists, a cleaned-up Blood Beach yeah, I mean, there there is there is one that's really clean. Yeah. I have it. Mm. Well, going back to your original question, Quast, uh, it's the same thing on like all these vinyl albums that are coming on, coming out. Yeah. You know, like uh, it becomes like a collector's market with uh, <laughs> like say they released the Aliens LP recently, or they're yeah. releasing this or that, and some of them I'll pick them up if they've never been in print, or it's just like impossible to find them. Like the the Phantasm soundtrack when that came out, I picked it out up, but man, I see so many people buying this shit, and they don't even have record players. John, so, <laughs> John, down the road, yeah, I'm on you out right now. Motherfucker buys albums all the time. Don't got record player. I mean, and when you go back to that. like saying, dude, does this deserve this kind of treatment or whatever? Does fucking uh, wasn't Spookies just released? Yes, it was. On yes. I don't even remember the soundtrack. I, I remember like the kind of fucking 
Yeah, I remember the theme song because it's really... so I wouldn't blind buy okay. that, you know, and just say, "All right, fucking spookies, I'm gonna buy the soundtrack." No, I don't fucking remember the soundtrack, but a lot of people will. And there's companies out there that are capitalizing on that shit. Uh, Mondo is one of them. Mondo in particular that capitalizes on a lot of that shit and capitalizes on the collector's market. Hey, okay, you found your niche. You found your way to make sales, but I got a problem with that company big time. Again, it's one of these things that are you doing it because you love this shit and you want it to be promoted and be out there and other people know about it or you're making that quick buck. I just I, something about Mondo and those posters that it's that market. Say, I know that you e- hate that. It's that fucking eBay shit, that eBay angle that they're they they thrive on. Yeah. And a I lot of stand it. A lot of their posters are not not very good, man. Uh yeah, some of them are really cool. I mean, I'm like, I'm Tim. I'm I'm with Lewis. He can't stand those fucking eBay flippers. I think that sucks too. Yeah, it does. It does. Uh, it, it, I have a problem with that, too. I'm with you on that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, go, Rodrigo. You had something. I was going to uh, say that, I, that, this, that the um, horror movie, Pittsburgh area horror movie fans have cooked up this little thing. It's kind of a secret group, but I'm going to talk about it on your show anyway. I was going to say, I have I have kept not talking about that. Seven people listen to this show, and nine, uh, four of them are from Pittsburgh, so I don't, <laughs> just, I don't just, think they're letting the cat out of the back. Yeah, without without going into too much detail, basically it's a group of horror fans. In Pittsburgh, I know what you're talking uh, about, and I'm pretty Yeah, that, that have gotten together and formed a little club where they're going to rent out a local movie theater once a month to show a horror double feature. And I, I, just, I just want to put it out there as the is that is it an indication of the, the strength of the horror community in that in that town and how you know they're banding themselves to get rather than fighting and tearing each other apart. And I've said this for years. That that that's what happens is everyone is out for themselves. Yep, but they're kind of banding together, and despite their their their, their, their disparate tastes and everything, they're coming together and forming this group where once a month they're going to get together, draw a name out of the hat. Whoever gets the name drawn gets to pick whatever movies are being shown. That's going to be anything from kind of mild PG stuff to, you know, I'm sure somebody at some point will, will want to run something like Serbian film. But, you know, everyone. <laughs> that T-shirt, but you know, books is fucking ticket right then. <laughs> but, this is the, but everyone's going to have their shot to kind of express themselves and their interests. And whether you show up for this or not, it's still a kind of like a really nice way for you know, the, the community to come together and join together and get kind of despite their personal tastes and just show support from one another. I think it's really cool. And I wish that every every horror community in every town should have an opportunity to do something like this, whether it's at a movie theater or in someone's garage or whatever the fuck. But just, yeah. you know, put, put all your different squabbles aside, uh, put your old personal tastes aside, and just support each other. And that's what this thing's doing, and that's why – one of the reasons I'm looking forward to moving back to Pennsylvania because I've not found that down here. Rodrigo, is... did you hear the first movie? Oh yeah, uh, that, that was that would have been on my short list too. Yeah, I, I, I'm. I think a lot of people would have picked, picked that as one. Of the I first believe movies. Kyle hasn't. What What is it? Yeah, I was gonna. If If you're first not movie, yeah, yeah, first movie it's playing. Uh, Spookies, because I'm on the fucking nope. road. Uh, <laughs> you might be on no, the road for this one anyhow. Of... There's actually been a ban on Spookies. That's what oh, well, fuck you guys. Uh, popcorn is the oh, first one. Oh, fuck, who picked that? Every, uh, basically, it was on It was on the short list of at least a half a dozen people I know. 
Yeah. Nice. If I had been chosen, this is one of the movies I would have picked. Because yeah. I, I was trying to think if I would have been chosen, what movie would I play? It would have, I the bad play. thing is, man, it, it, wait, maybe I'm it, you guys, it's not 35 millimeter, right? Or, no. Uh, no it's, um, it's, okay, I was going to say, yeah, good luck finding that on 35 millimeter. Yeah, there's there's not a good release for it. Uh, yeah. a, lot, a lot of people have heard about it. Not a lot of people have seen it. And very, very few people have seen it on a big screen in a movie theater. So, I mean, hey, it's, it's a really great choice. Let me – is it playing with anything else? Yeah, uh, one of the, a different guy drew, uh, chose what um, um, – Ecodrome guy got picked, and he picked Bat uh, – what is it, Batman, Arkham, something? Escape from Arkham or yeah. something on Arkham. Animated movie. So it's an animated Batman. Basically, it's an animated um, Suicide Club movie. And popcorn. Yes. And popcorn. That's, who, who picked popcorn? Oh, I uh, forget Brian, the dude's name. Brian Knack. Yeah, there you go. I don't know who you are, sir, but fucking good job. Thumbs up. Yeah, he, was, he was heartily congratulated on his choice. I think a lot of people are really happy to see. But anyhow, it's just some, something else fun that's going on in, in the, the Pittsburgh horror community that I, I wish – you know, I wish I'd be able to find something like that when I was down here in New Orleans, but unfortunately never really could get together with uh, enough like-minded people down here. It's kind of hitting up here. and that, we, we talked about this on the last show. You haven't heard it yet, but this uh, revival stuff's hitting big up here. We've got I've got a theater two hours away that shows just 35-millimeter prints. I've got to see Jaws there. Uh, and they, oh, that's they, fantastic! Because I remember the last time I was like, I was on a show, you were singing the blues that you had nothing like that in your area. Yeah, it's coming. I've seen Jaws there. I've seen the Blues Brothers there now. Um, they're playing The Shining this year. There's nice. a drive-in that is hooked up with Grindhouse releasing in Shelbyville, and all uh, October they show great shit. I've seen uh, one bill was Night of the Living Dead, City of the Living Dead. Uh, fuck was the other one. City of the Living Dead and yeah. Evil Dead and a, a bonus fourth, fourth feature that was uh, Revenge of the Dead and Tim told me just to go home because it was too too annoying. <laughs> I had to Tim if I should stay and he said, "Well, how drunk are you?" And I was like, oh, "I got a two-hour drive." And he's like, "Just leave. That movie sucks." Yeah, and yeah. If I'm telling yeah. you to leave during that movie, yes. The year after that, they showed the Beyond Evil Dead two and something else. Now. This summer, I've missed it already. I really fucked up and missed it. They played in Indianapolis, uh, Flash Gordon, and Sam Jones was there. I fucked up big time. <laughs> I fucked up huge. But there's a drive-in in Kokomo. Yeah, there's a drive-in in Kokomo, which all, all this month and next, they've got Footloose, Ferris Bueller, Princess Bride, uh, Raiders, all this stuff on 35 millimeter, and it's it's this revival stuff. I think is hitting on because I live in Indiana, the most ass backward fucking state there is, and we're getting some of this shit. Do you get any of this shit down there? And besides the Alamo, Joe? In Corpus, no. I'm in the same spot that uh, that Quast is in there in New Orleans. Uh, there was a horror convention here this weekend. And I didn't set up on it at it. I, I thought about it and I thought, you know what? I've had my shop here in Corpus for close to ten years now and 
I'd like to think that I'm pretty well known in the fucking horror community. At least Fast Custom Shirts is, right? It's, it's You're known. You're cheese balls. Come on. Who doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> it's known fairly well nationwide, yet I still have like the same 10 people that come here to buy shit off the shelves. You know, I don't <laughs> have a lot of people that come here for horror. And I thought, well, these guys that are putting on the fucking horror convention, where the fuck have they been this whole time? You know, where, you know, to to give me business or they didn't even contact me about the shirts or anything like that. So so no, I've got nothing like that. I did have a group in San Antonio that they would put on screenings. There's yeah, I one, think I know who you're talking about. There's one in uh in Austin called Theater Thirteen, and they put on they put on obscure shit. And they're they're buddies of mine. I don't know if you met uh, Lydia and James over at uh, at Frightmare Quas, but really cool couple. I know those guys from Facebook. They do that in their backyard, I think. Yeah, yeah, That's they cool. do. She used to be horror queen on on uh on like some news groups and stuff we were on. But they do, yeah, they do shit in their backyard. Now they finally like started getting bars that would let them like uh, project some stuff. Like recently, they did the mask, uh, the old, is- but they did it in 3D and like they were handing out 3D glasses mm. and shit like that. Uh, bucket of blood, like uh. That's cool. Werewolf versus the vampire women. With them, it's always nice. like fucking uh, uh, like Latin theme. Like they did the the Mexican Dracula. I think they're doing Alucarda next. So <laughs> with them, kick ass, kick ass shit. And I would love to be close enough to go do it all the time. But no, nah, I'm stuck in Corpus for now. Well, get a hold of out of print Dan if they ever Dracula. Yeah. Right. <laughs> if you ever want to show the fucking Dracula for deaf people, we got it. There's, there's a whole lot more of that in uh, in Dallas. I think uh, I've told you guys about the Texas Theater in Dallas, the place where they apprehended Lee Harvey Oswald. Uh, fucking fantastic theater. And they show all kinds of shit. And I think they still have like their sewer cinema. So they project movies in the basement. And it, it's a lot of shit like like they did spookies there at one time, Kyle. I think I sent right. you the link for that. You know, they do Texas Gladiators 2020, shit like that. Oh, you know, just really fun shit. So I'm looking forward to being in Dallas and being away from Corpus, being amongst amongst my people, I should say. You know what, Tim? I'm thinking. I've been thinking here for about, if if my name got picked for the double feature, mm-hmm. I think I'd have to pick Treasure of the Four Crowns and America oh. Three Thousand. I like I said, my, I, I, that would be my number one pick. Would be Treasure of the Four Crowns. I and I would totally understand it. Like I've sat here and thought about uh, for a couple of weeks what I would pick, and I kind of wonder like that movie would blow people's fucking minds. Because it's like, would I want to pick like Creature from the Black Lagoon? Because it's always been a personal favorite of mine. But also, too, in the back of my mind, I would want to pick something like a popcorn Treasures of something the Four that Crowns. People haven't seen. Yeah, and it just and I and when Rich first came up with this and and I heard people talking about this and I, I Rich I emailed Rich and I just said I love the idea I don't know how much I'll be a part of this but I definitely want to try to check in from time to time. You to need to. You're Tim Gross, goddamn it. It's like just because you know life, <laughs> just life gets in the way, but it sounds really awesome. How did, oh my god, Joe, uh, I think the internet is sentient. Uh, I just got one of those Facebook, uh, you might like articles. Facebook must have known we were talking about Kitty Diddlin. 
because they mm-hmm. just sent me a link of uh, 12 former child actors <laughs> on Hollywood sex abuse. Todd Bridges. <laughs> Fucking, uh, I gotta close you. Was he a child diddler or was he? No, he was, he was, uh, he was molested, he said. I was going to say, I thought I, I thought that was the whole thing with him and drugs and. He had to yeah, get that, that spot that's why he was somehow. doing so much, so much drugs and shit like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. It happens. Well, I got something. Joe, you're a big book fan. I like books. Quas was known to read a book or two. Quas was talking about some books earlier. What book out there, and I've talked about it before, what book out there needs to be a movie, and who would you have direct it? I've always wanted to see 1989 Tim Burton direct Clive Barker's The Thief of Always. But what about you guys? Okay, well, well give us a, well, hmm. explain to the people why. Explain to the people listening why. I mean, for uh, those that have not read think, The Thief uh, of Always. Why do you think, right. think cartoony Tim Burton would, would have been a good choice to direct that movie? Because, have you ever read the book? No, yeah. but I, okay. it's very it's it's the most different Clive Barker book there is. It is almost a Clive Barker book for kids. It's it's about a kid who is bored. It's my favorite book of all time. It, uh, he, have you read it, Joe? Mm-hmm. It's a kid. He's bored with his life. Um, he kind I of actually get, taught it in an alternative school that, really? that I used to teach at. Yeah. I used it as a as a lesson plan for yeah. like fucking six weeks. Wow, stuff that you don't know about T-shirt Joe. <laughs> He's also gender fluid. No, oh my <laughs> god, he was a teacher at one time. Man, well, I never knew this. Been fucking hard up. I've done all kinds of shit, man. Man, what? Why? Whatever got you out of doing this? Uh, the bullshit oh. of of working with lazy people. Jeez. Hey. Working with lazy people, I can I cannot stand. But anyway, uh-huh. it, it's the most. It's not a Hellraiser or a Nightbreed. It's a fable. Um, it's about a kid who is bored with life, and he's just a bored kid, and he gets sucked away into this magical fantasy world where he, anything that he wants, it's like Kidland, but uh, it's ran in this old house, and there's evil afoot, and there's uh, skeleton dragons. And just, it's kind of like Clive. Coraline? It's what? Like Coraline? Yeah, uh, um, no, it's it's like um, Clive Barker predicted Nightmare Before Christmas. I would say that uh, Guillermo del Toro would probably be a better director for that. I would would agree with that. Just because uh, Burton... Like I said, like, Big Eyes really surprised me. That's why I said 1989, Tim Burton. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe then he could have done it, but there's a lot of dark shit in that thing. It, it's yeah, a, it's it a really is. depressing book. Mm-hmm. And I remember Clive Barker being on Letterman talking about that book and yeah. talking about how uh, – It's about – I mean the kids go to this, this house, and in this house they get everything they want, and it spoils them, mm-hmm. and they turn, like, bad. And Skeleton Dragon, so <laughs> – I need to read it again. I haven't read it in ten years. Uh, shit. One of my favorite books is uh, it's called The Painted Bird by a writer named Jerzy Kaczynski. That seems uh, like Dario Argento should have wrote that. <laughs> real, it, it's about a kid that's uh in World War Two and he's just kind of lost. He's separated from his parents and he's just wandering around and encounters so much 
depravity. It's just really fucked up, everything that he sees and is subjected to. But it is written so beautifully. So I don't know, man. It, it's hard to find like a director that that could do that. And, and I'd hate to say, because as much as I love his work, I can't get beyond like some of the shit he's done. But Roman Polanski <laughs> is just, you know, fucking amazing. You know, Roman what Polanski we were talking about earlier. Live that. If you ever read Polanski's biography, autobiography, he, he, that was basically his life. Yeah. Oh, yeah, shit. he was separated from his parents. He wandered the streets as a, like a, as a young kid. Uh, you know, he was uh, had various sort of like people take him in as a fo- for uh, brief foster care. But he was basically on his own from a really early age because of the war. Hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, no. he, yeah, he he definitely could relate to the source material. Yeah, he could probably make a damn good movie, and I would probably go watch it and then feel bad about it for supporting this guy who's just you know fucking trash, but. And, you know, I'm he's, conflicted he's, on that. He's, he's like, trash, but he's not, uh. Not only is he trash, but it's like, not only did he have to, is, does he, would be, would he be familiar with the source material, but the, the whole grotesque thing, too. I mean, he still has directing chops as far as, like, Victor kind of, like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good call, Joe. I like that one. How about you, Rodrigo? Could you I would like, to, I would like to see a, a faithful adaptation of, uh, I Am Legend. I Am Legend is, without, mm. without question, my favorite horror novel of all time. It's one of my favorite books of all time. And as much as I like The Last Man on Earth with Vincent Price, it still leaves a yeah. lot to be desired. It does. And now and, that you mentioned uh, it, nothing, I want to go fucking start reading it again tonight. <laughs> it is, it, it's just such a fantastic book. There's, uh, there's, there's never been a really faithful adaptation to it, and I would love to see, see one. I was yeah. going to say, I've always heard that. Are you a fan at all of the Charlton Heston's Omega Man? Oh, yeah, it's Omega Man. It's a cheese, it's a cheese fest, man. That's yeah. probably the best one. Omega yeah. Man was my introduction to the story. I'd never read the, the story at that point. Yeah. But, they uh, did that with Arnold Schwarzenegger for like a long time. And it yeah, just, they did. But that would right be after... me, man. That would be me. If, if the character in the story, I would just want to be drunk and get laid. But the whole kind of like, you know, the self-righteous thing is that you've got this debt that you have to pay to lost humanity to go out and destroy as many of these things as you can without realizing that, you know, you're you're the the the, uh, pariah that's that's playing that's preying on society, not the other way around, you know. So who do you think could pull that off? That's a very good question. Um I don't know. I really haven't given much thought to that. Not Will Smith. Definitely not Will Smith. I would like to see that original cut of that movie. I don't know if I have. Just to... Oh, I, I never want to see any part of that movie again. It's such Exactly. A, the best part about that movie is Mike Patton doing screams for the <laughs> whatever they were. No, I watched maybe five minutes of that movie. He's showering, and it's like, it's like he's just flexing the whole time. It's like, nah, I'm done with this shit. I'm done with this shit. I just didn't understand why he was trying to reverse the plague. What the fuck is the point? <laughs> Everyone's but, dead, fucker. No, that's a great question, Kyle. This is, this is fucking A. Tim, you got anything? No, no. I, I, I'm zapped out. Anybody else got anything? Like question-wise or? Yeah, something to talk about. Um, what was your biggest film disappointment that you went to go see in the theater? Something you were really, really fucking looking forward to? to scene uh i have two of them they're not 
recent, but they're fairly recent. One of them was uh, Peter Jackson's King Kong. I was pumped up. I paid for like three of my friends to go see it. That nah, you know, like us on that. Come on, man, I'll fucking pay. Let's go. I was fucking pissed leaving the theater. Were you fans of the Lord of the Rings trilogy? Yeah, I thought they were good. I thought they were. I I, I sat through those movies, praying, praying, praying for them to end. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) but you know what? I I read those books, praying for them to end. Yeah, you know? <laughs> that's, but I was such a fan of Peter Jackson's earlier movies, the, the mm-hmm. gross, funny ones, mm-hmm. that whenever that, that that came around, it's just like, oh, my God, no, please, for the love of Christ. In fact, I even said that out loud during the Return of the King in the theater. <laughs> please, Jesus, for the love of God, will this movie never end, or something in that effect. Well, see, my but, second one is also a, a director that I admired up to this point was uh, – I went to go see Pacific Rim, and That's fuck, a very I, was making, I, movie. I was making fun of that movie as it was going on. I was pissed. Uh, How can you make fun of the Robot Jocks reboot? <laughs> <laughs> because Robot Jocks did it perfect the first time. On a scale of one to ten, how yeah. pissed off is they, need, they don't need to be raping my childhood by remaking those movies. Exactly. What are they going to do now? Reboot the re, uh, reboot the sequel, Robot Wars? Yeah, what are they going to do? A, a remake of Head of the Family? Don't fuck me like that. <laughs> you leave Castle Freak alone. Hey, they're going to reboot Puppet Master. But no, both of those movies just really, they upset me. I was looking forward to seeing both of them, and they did nothing for me. They they were shit. So anything like that you guys were looking forward to and just were like really... Robocop 3. <laughs> I'm surprised that. I'm still shocked that got in the theater. Crimson After Pit. seeing that on fucking home video for the first time, I was, whoa. You got Frank Miller on the script. Can't go wrong, right? Well, Frank Miller is a crazy person, though. Oh, that so, was... <laughs> Sam, yes. tell us about your RoboCop 3 experience. Uh, the, the the friend I was with left halfway through it. He's like, <laughs> uh, just find me out in the parking lot. <laughs> because this is just downright horrible. I sat there. We were the only two people in the theater. It was opening night. We were the only two people there watching it. And I was just like, after it was over, I was like, how could you fucking do this to this? It was like, because it was at that point, I was like, oh, this movie should be badass. It should be gearing up for like RoboCop versus Terminator versus Predator. Did you know before you went in that Peter Weller wasn't RoboCop? Yes, I, I knew it was Robert Burke. That didn't bother me because I was a Robert Burke fan. I lo- I, I enjoyed him. Okay, in, uh, was, was he Beretta? <laughs> no, he wasn't. Okay. No. But I, I enjoyed Robert Burke in Dust Devil, though. So <laughs> well, I was kind of... Bo Billy Peaches. <laughs> There's a crossover the world needs. Right but... time Billy Peaches meets RoboCop. Cleaning up the streets. But yeah, it just, it, 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 oh man, RoboCop 3 just, oh, it killed me. It, it just killed me seeing that in the theater. Um, another movie that killed me, but watching it on video, cause I was sitting there and I was like, for the love of God, could this have been any worse? Was Huey Bull's House of the Dead. <laughs> I have a. You saw that in the theater, Tim? I know. I well, I seen it at home because uh, what was it like? I saw it in the theater. 
it didn't last long in the theater. I see. Even get a theatrical release? I don't. It it did, but like I remember Bruce got screeners for it like two weeks after it hit the theater. And Bruce, when Incredibly Strange Video was still going, (laughs) Bruce was like, "I I can't bring myself to watch this." He's like, "I got halfway through it, and I was like, if anyone could get through it, Tim could get through it." You mean and you I, don't like Ron Howard and the most stereotypical Clint Howard. captain rule? Yeah, yes, I, I do. And no, and it's taken you know, like years. Virgin Proc now in this most stereotypical pirate, pirate Now captain. I just laugh at it because supposedly at one time they were going to do a laugh track to the movie, which would have been awesome. <laughs> I got the laugh track. You want to hear? Uh, okay, Anderson, it's a predominantly black town, and it is about an uh, hour away. And this was the first time this happened. I'd always heard the stereotypes that black people will yell and scream at the theater. I didn't fucking know. Me and my friend Dave went to see House of the Dead in the theater with a bunch of black people. That could be really fun, though. And it was. When I lived in Pittsburgh, I I used to go out to the North for sales Super Saver to watch horror movies. (laughs) Especially especially really shitty horror movies that I knew were going to be crap. Because they were so much better with a really involved African American audience. Yeah. I would you know, like I, to thank that audience for making House of the Dead awesome. They can also, make so. Thank you for making Halloween Seven awesome. We would go back and see everything there. Ghost Ship. Uh, yeah. I was kind of pissed because I really liked the remake of Willard, but they made that awesome. We would we spent two summers going to this rundown theater and listening to the black people make. Oh, like shitty horror movies, just fantastic. Yep. North Versailles Super Saver in Pittsburgh. Thank you you. Have, for those of you in Allegheny County that want to have it a similar experience. Yeah, anywhere close to Jay County, uh, the Applewood 8. Yep. Um, my, well, I, yeah, well, the only one I could come off offhand recently was Civil War. Uh, and I went through that on the show. Just, man, how. Uh, Joe, did you see, did you go see Civil War? Come on, man. I didn't think you did, man. <laughs> it's, because I was hyped up. This seemed cool to me. I wanted to see the good guys versus the good guys. Um, I didn't like the comic. But. That's never a good thing I'm not gonna going get, in. Yeah, I'm not going to get into it because the way Marvel treats their supervillains, like they had three movies to build up crossbones and they had the coolest fucking action scene in the first part. And then they just toss crossbones away. And don't don't say and Baron Zemo was a non fucking entity in that movie. It just that was <laughs> crap. But another one. Uh, go back to the last episode. You want to hear me rant and rave about fucking Civil War and how much I was bummed. As soon I, as you post it, is that up yet? It's up, buddy. Two okay. new ones in one day, even. Yeah, I know. I've I've been listening to you guys show when I'm on the road. Um, so thanks, thanks for keeping me company when I'm on these trips. That's the best time to do Never it. Never a problem. We'll start saying hi to you. So yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I listen to you guys whenever I'm cleaning the bathroom. So tomorrow. <laughs> Another one was uh, John Carpenter's Village of the Damned. Ugh. I was man coming right off of like in mm. the mouth of madness, which was. Yeah. Like, which was one movie I didn't like that in the theater, and then I rented it, and I was like, holy shit, I fucking had my head up my ass. This is a masterpiece. And then I was all hyped up, and, and that came out. That's the most 
boring. Like John Carpenter, I don't know what he was trying. It's almost like he didn't care. It's almost like that movie. It's okay, but for John Carpenter, it's got to be more than okay, man. It's got to be that and he had a, and that and vampires too, man. They're just they're okay, but it doesn't seem like a John Carpenter movie to me. Uh, Escape from L.A. is a little better. Like, <laughs> like if Hart was in that, at least. I mean, I've still not watched that all the way through. Oh, it's fucking, oh. really? No. Oh, it's great. It's a satire. Oh. There's no Borgnine. There's no Harry Dean Stanton. There's no Adrian Barbeau. Forget it, man. You got Eyes wide shut. Half, half the reason that, that Escape from New York is so good is the supporting cast. Yeah, you got Buscemi. You got Peter Fonda. You got Robert, uh, dude from the Nerds is in there. Yeah. Robert Perry, yeah. I think that's his name. Yeah, it is. Valeria Galino, Bruce fucking Campbell. And he fucking plays basketball. Because <laughs> you don't like that. And and my my fucking... Uh, and that's what I was going to say, because I love Kurt Russell. He's my number one man crush. Well, but, my number one teenage boner jam is in that, that Allie Langer chick from My So-Called Life. She was my number <laughs> one teenage boner jam. So, Teenage Boner Jam. Yeah. Eyes wide shut, Joe. Yeah. Um, Kubrick, amazing director. Here he's going to do a sex movie, you know, with like bondage and all kinds of crazy shit. I went to see it and I was like, what the fuck is this? This is nothing. Was this yeah. before or after they put the furniture in front of all the naked people? Well, even after. I've seen the, the pieces where they've removed all that and it's just like, that's even nothing too. And you know, it's just like, there's nothing to that shit at all. It's like, and it's a just, it's a shit movie with an annoying score. It's, it's it sucks, man. It's a shit movie. You know what's, a, you know what's a better movie that's almost the exact same thing? The Order with Heath Ledger. I can't even watch that. Oh, that's a fucking movie, man. Can't watch that. Peter Weller is an evil pope. What are you talking about? Yeah. Fucking crazy. Okay, last question. What since we were talking about sequels, what what is the movie out there that's a just a standalone movie that needs a sequel? That is not Buckaroo Banzai. Event Horizon. Mm. <laughs> Does w. S. Anderson get it? As much as I hate that dude, that's not a bad pick. That's a good pick. I, that's actually I love movie, that movie. That's actually a movie I wouldn't mind seeing it. Really, if I had to see a remake, I would like to see someone else take a slightly different approach to remaking the movie, too. I would love, like, yeah. a different ship to go out there. You know, yeah. Been, we're still exploring now. There's, you know, but what I, what, what, what I would hate for happen is be like one of those, you know, like a Prometheus kind of thing where it shares some of the same DNA with the original movie. Oh, that's but, a disappointment yeah. right there. Yeah, yeah. That's, see, that's just it. Or, or what the hell, the Thing prequel. That, you know, that movie doesn't exist. Yeah, that's I would hate for it to turn into something like that. But yeah, I love that goddamn movie, and uh, would like to see something done with that premise that they haven't done before. Like I said, either a prequel, a remake, a sequel, whatever, a, a TV series. Yeah, to promote uh, another business that's in my line of business, Atomic Cotton puts out a fucking great Event Horizon shirt. Look it up, buy it. Good people. All right. Uh, they love. Uh, they love movies like I do. They're not in it for the money. They just, they fucking love it. It's a, the best Event Horizon shirt I've ever seen. Do they have Probably. a Chips Roller Disco uh, t-shirt? No, they don't, because they don't, 
they like probably making more money than I do. <laughs> I'll put shit out there because I don't care if anybody buys it or not. I just want a chips roller disco shirt. I got my so, rollerblade t-shirt coming. You do. <laughs> you do. Thank you, Tim. <laughs> You're the only person. I told, you, I told you I was buy. I, I would he buy. Will it. be the only person that buys it, but that's okay. That's I told I you, if you shit. make one, I will buy one, and that same goes with Rollerblade Warriors. Take and Roller Gator. Roller Gator. Yes, I will get and that. Rollerblade Seven. Damn right. I'll just <laughs> buy it. I'm looking at their stuff right now, and I'm not a big Ghostbusters fan, but I do like that Zool T-shirt that says "Are you a god?" That's pretty good. And Jagoff Massacre 3, The Rollerine. Yes. <laughs> I'd watch it. I got a movie that needs a sequel for you. What's that? Willow? That no one's talking about. I would like to see a sequel to Frankenstein Unbound. Ooh. You gotta remind people that that first one exists, because it's fucking awesome. Yeah, and it's out there, and it's finally on DVD in the past. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's out there, so you can find it out there. Huh. What about but, you, Lost? Uh, would you uh, fuck Mary Shelley? Uh, <laughs> would I fuck Mary Shelley? In the in the movie, she was like, uh, Frankenstein Unbound is the time travel one, right? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. With Raul Julia, yeah. Dr. Frankenstein. One of the things in... in uh, one of the scenes I remember is he's like sitting on the bank of a river or something talking with Mary Shelley and she says, yep. yeah, well, you know, you know, Shelley, he practice or he writes about free sex, but I practice it and she, and then they fuck or whatever. Yeah. Roald Julia was awesome as Dr. Frankenstein and no one brings him up about like all the time when they talk about people that played Dr. Frankenstein, I thought he did a great job because it is, a time traveling and it has William Hurt who mm-hmm. is chasing him and basically, yeah, he kills him at the end, but it has like, they're setting it a whole other alternate future now. And it's like, just shows him walking out in the desert to this globe city that it was like, Hey, this could be another, is Frankenstein truly dead or Frankenstein's fighting in the robot wars, man. Yeah, it, it, literally, it could have been. It, this could have definitely been uh, another. I would have loved because Corman makes sequels for everything, and this one, I just didn't understand why he didn't. It, it, it was a great movie. Yeah, Quast. I got nothing. You got nothing. <laughs> How about Hell Knight Two? How about who? What Hell Knight Two? Hell Knight Two? Yeah. I don't know what that is, man. You lost me. Hell Knight? A sequel to Hell Knight. Linda Blair? Oh, Hell Knight. Oh, I thought you said Hell Might. No. Oh, Hell Knight Is she coming back for Hell Knight 2? Of course. There's got to be more uh, Mongoloid Brother Morris and dead people in the basement. There's got to be more. Okay. Yeah, I would watch that. I would also like to see Humongous Part 2. Well, I'd actually like to see... first one. Yeah, I'd like to see Humongous because I've seen that movie, but it's like an Alien vs. Predator 2. Uh, nobody's seen that movie because the lighting's so fucking bad. Yeah, that's why I bring it up. It's like you have seen the movie, but in reality... Supposedly there's a DVD copy out there that fixed that, kind of, as best as they could. Yeah. It's the one with that WWF chick in it. Anyway, <laughs> Joe, how big of a boner are you getting that they're rebooting the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? Are they? I hadn't heard that. That's the new scuttlebutt on Facebook. 
No, I'd not heard that. I've not seen any posts for that. Anything. Well, I'm pretty sure Alan Moore already hates it. <laughs> I don't think he gives a fuck. He he makes his money. He he that dude's a millionaire. That's why he can make these movies or this movie that he just did that nobody's gonna watch. You know, he can just <clears throat> dip money into that. He's he's fine with it. I'm yeah. sure he's tired of people asking him the same questions like, Are you mad with DC? Dude, that happened like fucking 25 years ago. Yeah, actually, you know. He's actually walked out on interviews for people asking him the same questions he's heard a million goddamn times. Mm-hmm. I don't blame anybody for doing that. But the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, no matter how good it is, isn't going to be as good as Penny Dreadful. Right. And watch Penny Dreadful. <laughs> fucking yeah. watch it. Yeah, it's, it's really just awesome. It's everything you want to be in a sort of like revisiting, you know, classic horror characters in new and interesting ways. And you're right, David Green is just amazing in that fucking show. Uh, I know you're trying to wrap it up. Kyle, yeah, anybody, I wanted to wrap it up, but uh, anybody got any suggestions on what to watch for the people? Well, I want to ask something else. Uh, okay, go ahead. In Dallas this past weekend, there was a comic book convention, and there's a big hubbub about uh, some chick named Chewbacca Mom. Got oh. a table. Oh. It was charging twenty bucks an hour. Yeah. So what is the thing with that? I I haven't seen her video or anything. It's a fat that. soccer mom putting a Chewbacca mask on and, and just laughing her ass off. Just, just laughing, you know, cracking herself up by putting yeah. a Chewbacca mask on. I don't. And, she's just one of these you, these people on YouTube that think they have to you know videotape every second of their fucking lives. But, but, but it, it got reposted and trended. And oh just, yeah, it it, it so, works. It like like fucking Ellen or some shit like that. And now she's a goddamn. She's internet famous, you know. Yeah. Well, now she's at conventions. Now, yeah. Now this, autographs. This stumpy, stupid, no talent. You know, soccer mom is charging twenty bucks a pop for photos and autographs. Get it uh, while you can, because in fifteen minutes, ain't nobody gonna remember you. Well, it's well, the new I mean, that's part of what's TV wrong with thing. conventions, right? It, it, I. I couldn't tell you the last time I really, when I met, like, the last celebrity I met, quote-unquote celebrity, was Yafet Kodo, and that guy was such a fucking cocksucker to me. Fuck that asshole, and fuck his goddamn Kool-Aid-looking pimp suit he wanted to wear. He put me off on meeting anybody ever again. Uh, and so I just go to hang out with Tim and drink without a print nan anymore. And that's well, the see, most important thing. Yeah, no, that is. That is hanging out with, with your friends and shit. Uh... Thanks so much, Quas, for coming down to Texas Frightmare Weekend. Thanks for like hanging out with me and my friends and and meeting everybody. It's great pleasure, to have man. you. I hope Oops. you come back. I will. Uh, I I've been will. talking to Rich. I'm hoping he comes back next year. Tim, Kyle, you guys, fucking. We gotta out. get out there, Tim. I know. I know. I'm gonna get there someday when I have bills paid and. <laughs> but it it, it is tough. the only convention that usually I. There's somebody there that I want to meet, and I forgot who it was that I wanted to meet this year. But I was so busy at my table, I, you know, I had a hard time getting. Was away it David from. Warner there? No, David Warner was not there. I would. Uh, he was there me. once. I know. I would that. say fuck my table and go meet David Warner while I still can because he does. He doesn't look good, man. Mm-hmm. It's just like when uh, the last time Ernest Borgnine was here. It's like I have to meet and talk to Ernest Borgnine. And it was a thrilling experience. I don't get nervous around celebrities, but with him, I was just kind of like so fucking thrilled and happy just to be like sitting next to the guy, man. There's there's very few people that that would make me feel that way. 
There's a question to go out on. Have you ever been? Who who would you like to meet? The one person. Ooh, wow. I don't know. That's not, that's not Tim Greer in your case. No, I have I, I have a story similar to Joe's about like a, a, a celebrity that most people wouldn't give two flying fucks about, but made me giggle like a little fucking girl. Was the time I met Harry Dean Stanton. Ooh, that would man. be cool. That'd be awesome. when, when Harry Dean Stanton was shooting um, the Last Temptation of Christ, he would jam uh, during shoots with because uh, guys of the of the band The Fall or The Call. Yeah, and Michael Bean and the Call. They would sit around <laughs> together with guitars and just jam on like Everly Brothers songs and uh, shit like that. And so they decided they liked that they were doing so much. They took it out on the road and they did were doing like little club gigs. So I got to see Harry Dean Stanton and the Call kind of like doing. Like I said, Marty Robbins, cowboy songs, Everly Brothers, shit like that. He read a little poetry. I bought uh, Harry Dean Stanton a shot of tequila, and he winked at me and, and, and called me hombre. That's badass. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I giggled, and I almost—I think I did pee myself a little bit. Little it's like, it's like if I saw if I saw Tom Cruise or like big Hollywood star, I would give two flying fucks. It's guys like Harry Dean Stanton. Or Ernest Borgnine, I would have had the same reaction to Ernest Borgnine. Those fucking guys are the ones that really kind of like turned me on, and really the kind of celebrity that I, I desire to meet. One of the biggest thrills of my life was meeting Jeff Lieberman, who directed like a bunch of what most people consider shitty horror movies back in the seventies and eighties. But this guy, which I've never seen, Squirm, Squirm. This guy's like a fucking god to me. It was like one of the one of the happiest moments of my life was meeting fucking Jeff Lieberman. Good dude. So, you know, so those are the guys that I like to who who would who would I like to meet that I haven't? I know that's that's a hard question, but I met I got to meet Pam Greer, so everything after that's kind of a letdown. Yeah. I would like to meet Fred Williamson. Never met the guy. Uh he met him at Wasteland. I know. Fred Williams is actually gonna be in my hometown, Altoona, Pennsylvania, at a science fiction convention shortly after I get there later this month. I just want to meet Fred Williamson just to hear stories about the old NFL. Well, I would like to meet him because he's a Trump supporter. Yeah, he supports Trump too. Yeah, he's uh, my sister was going to take her brand new baby and make uh, and get a picture of him holding her brand new baby. <laughs> I think that baby would instantly grow a mustache or light a cigar. You know, what yeah. other <laughs> one would come out of her head somehow? Yeah, pop. Tim, who does Tim Gross want to meet? Uh, I've said it from I think all the time. Uh, Rucker Howard or Lance Henriksen. I saw Lance Henderson. Lance Henderson was a mingler at Texas Frightmare. Yeah, he was mingling at Whorehound, too. Yeah, he was all over the goddamn place. He was at the bar, right? Yeah, I don't think he was ever at his goddamn table. He was always out mingling with the crowd. And his session was I want to meet that dude so bad, I have a feeling I would scare him. I think, uh, like, the first night we were there, he was at the bar. Uh, Robert England was at the bar. We were just sitting at the table, and... uh, my friend Alice, she came and sat down. So I was like, oh, there's Lance Hendricks. I want to go talk. Well, go talk to him. You're fucking gorgeous. You're beautiful. It's not like he's not going to talk to you. And, yeah, she went and talked to him. Uh, later on, who's the chick from uh, Friday the 13th, the the first one, Quast? Uh, yeah, I know who you mean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she came and sat down with us. It's like, yeah, but that was no big deal. <laughs> but, but the uh, Romero, Romero and his... Uh, yeah, Romero... Uh, I was nervous when I met Romero. A little bit. Yeah. Like, like him and Jill Scholin are the only people I've ever been nervous to talk to. I met uh, George Romero coming out of a titty bar one time. That's <laughs> awesome! Yeah. 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 Smell like stripper. 
Yeah, he yeah, was. You he told was, me that story that night. Yeah, that's, that's a fucking yeah, great that's story. Absolute, absolute truth, man. He was coming out of the Cricket Lounge on Moorwood Avenue in Pittsburgh. Yep. He was walking into the same convenience store that I was. I was there to buy whatever. And he was walking in and he bought two packs of uh, Marlboro Light 100s. And I looked at him and I went, hey, you're George Romero. And he looked at me and gave me this sort of shitty little smirk <laughs> and uh, turned his back on me and walked back to the titty bar. <laughs> So that was that's, my, the first, that's the first thing I've ever heard anybody say bad about him. <laughs> well, he was, he was, he had to get well, back. Well, that's not bad. He, I gotta see them titties. Yeah. He had to get back. He just wanted to replenish his smoke supply so he can get back to them titties. I, it, Quast, I've actually been in that place <laughs> to go kill a rat. I believe it. <laughs> well, the next time I come to Pittsburgh, I need to go to cheerleaders, I've heard. Well, that's the same. I, I, I want to meet Gianna Michaels. That would be a good one. Yeah. She would, <laughs> I don't know. I think she would frighten me. Yeah, she seems pretty tough. She seems yeah. like she's fucking hardcore. Like she would be intimidating. Yeah. I knew you were. And, and I would voice. really like to meet Alan Moore. Just to be in his presence and not understand the shit that he's saying because he's his accent's so fucking thick. But, but uh, he definitely is one of my heroes. And, yeah. I don't know how to end this show, but anybody got uh, any recommendations before we get out of here? Nope. I will recommend Death Spa. That movie blew my socks off. I, I've i told you my recommendations. Uh, Happ and Leonard, go watch it. Green yes, Room, uh, I'll recommend that. That's did just you just recommend Lender, Leonard Part 6? <laughs> I love <laughs> Leonard Part 6. I love uh, it. I lo- no, and Penny Dreadful. It, it's TV recommendations, but go watch those. Okay. Well, guys, Joe, Rodrigo, man, it was good to talk to you guys again. Always. Especially you, Rodrigo. I had to twist your, twist your arm to get you back on here. Maybe we'll get you back on here for a regular show. Happy to, man. Whew, I'm pretty buzzed. I don't know if it's the show, so. <laughs> oh, I'm going to keep drinking for a while. Yeah, I got to watch. Uh, I just realized I got to maybe see my girl die tonight. I'm not like it. Um, look forward to the video where I'm crying all over the internet. Anybody got anything to pimp? Now's the time. <laughs> Um, if you go to Tom Martino's uh, page, I, I don't even know the name of the podcast. <laughs> DWN Horrible Movie Podcast. And I believe it's on the Horophilia Network. It's fucking horrible. Uh, I can't stand to be on it or listen to it. But Tom's my friend, so I'll do it for as long as he wants to do it. It makes it all the better. Trust and me. If you want to buy t-shirts, fastcustomshirts.com. Go Damn ahead. right. Yes. Just stay away from those rollerblade t-shirts. Oh no, I got my mine. My order is in. Yeah, uh, it is in. I'm doing it this week. So <laughs> yep, I'm just waiting for t-shirt Joe. I'm not going to be one of those people. I've already got home. your Chiefs shirt ready. Nice. Nice. I always wanted to get that one, but I never did. Um, what are we doing for next week, Tim? You told me you're working. <laughs> a week after that, we're taking a week off, but it's not going to be a week off in the show time. Cause I'm I, I still want to do Amityville Death House <laughs> when we move on. <laughs> Amityville Death House. Well, uh, since we were talking about them, I'm going to watch The Crazies for the first time. Awesome. Uh, I've never seen The Crazies. And it's uh, it's one of my favorite Romero <laughs> movies. Hey, and if you guys could read the review of the show that, that one guy did next week, that, that'd be great. If they're still listening, goddamn, anybody's still listening. Kyle, Kyle, Kyle should be able to do that. Oh, we'll post it. 
I'm not going to read that for the third time. We're out of here, everybody. Thanks for listening. Turn out the lights. The party's over. They say that all good things must end. Call it a night. The party's over. And tomorrow starts the same old thing again. Hello, I'm Brian Blessed. Have you heard? Gordon's alive! Yeah! It's for every one of us! Stand for every one of us! It's time for the body and every man, every woman, every child, every man, every Well, I thought Backdoor Gangbangers was a gangster film. Bollocks! Bingo! Let's do it! Are you retarded? I am the Fisher King. Swim into my lumber. In your face, Reggie! Eat what you bloody well like! Chunky monkey? I haven't had a single sniff from the ladies. Oh, nonsense, woman! We'll do it over the bar! I'm Brian Blessed. You should see my cock. The King of France has a face like a beggar's ballback. Where do they do hot? That last hole's impossible. It'd be easy to chip a ball up a dog's ass. I'm the king! Bullets! Still a virgin? Sort your act out. Oh, shut up and make me a rose. My son, get in there! I'm paraphrasing here. I'm the king! Kiss my feet and kiss my ass. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. 
Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.